Hi, I'm Greg Pak. I'm writing Ronin Island, Firefly, Star Wars, Darth Vader, and uh, what else am I writing? Agents of Atlas. And you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> Not touching Very it. Very nice. Yep. Play it where it lays. I should be sick more often. I, 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 I kind of felt a little bit of a snapback on it, but I liked it. No, there was none. I didn't hear any. No, anyway. that, that, no, no I, I mean, in, on this side, but that, that's cool to carry over. That is cool. The coolest. The best. The coolest cooler, but whatever. <laughs> oh, no. Don't start no, with that. No, no, no. Salt Peter. You know what? Actually, it was brought up because I. Um, there was something I was talking about Kickstarter stuff and um, how how campaigns really should um, respect my pay schedule and and end on a pay week and um, and then my 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 boy Word Dominion was like what you still you still throwing throwing that money I'm like bro we got burned one time I'm like when I think of all of the times that I ended up with really good shit. I'm not worried about that thing, but he's salty and he is super salty <laughs> because he and I backed the fucking coin and that was the biggest waste of fucking money. The coin was such a great idea. If only it didn't come finally ship after Apple unveiled um, Apple pay and it made the whole goddamn thing just obsolete mm-hmm. right out the gate. So, um, mm-hmm. so that's like the one thing he backed and he's, He's bummed about it, and I can understand that. But I mean, when I think of, and I'm not trying to turn this into a whole Kickstarter thing, but when I think, because I think I just got the alert that um, Govar's uh, Daily Sketches is just about done. But correct, um, you know, I, I, I've, I don't back as many things as I used to. I don't think any of us do, but I'm still not. I have, you know, not a single letter. I have no regrets over anything that, uh, that, that. I've backed. It's all been a learning experience. And, wow. And I just no stick regrets. with, you know. I'm, with I may I've, have the worst track record among all of us for Kickstarter then. That sucks. That that bums me out. Yeah. I mean, there's some people who I'd like, I wouldn't care if I, ah, uh, that sucks for you because, you know, you're a bad person and I don't care if you lost money. But I, I would actually, I, I feel bad. Like, I want to give you the money you lost on shit that never materialized because I just, I don't think that should happen to you. The only thing that kills me is when you back a Kickstarter project and then a couple of months later you see it in previews. Well, that's a whole other story. Yeah, that's, that, that burns that's, my ass. I've, that is the main reason I have massively ratcheted back um, in in my Kickstarter because yeah. it's I, I was mentally okay with quasi overpaying to support something that I used to think otherwise wouldn't come out. Yep. But it, it just chaps my ass to pay more than cover price even though I'm backing the project and making it happen and then I see it in previews and because of our awesome sponsor at DCP service I could get it for even cheaper than that like perfect example ball ball ballpoint beauties by Joe. yeah yeah I had no now normally I'm pretty suspect of comics related stuff and assume it'll make it to previews I didn't think that would necessarily make it to previews because it's an art book and it's a oversized hardcover art book I assumed maybe it would just be its own thing so my bad there. I ordered it. I paid probably, I don't remember, 40 bucks or whatever, and I was happy to do it. But then it was in previews for like 30 bucks because yeah. you get the 25% discount. So, yeah. It's, it's rough. I do have a Coolest Cooler, though. 
And that that would Fuck be you. that would be Mort Todd. He's oh, my, that's right. He's my coolest cooler. Yeah, yeah. They um, that's I back that, that too. Right. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, We've been waiting like three plus years for this book. Yeah. Yep. But does I mean does does the book exist? PDFs. Uh, we got PDFs. Okay. okay, so it hasn't been bound. I mean, so so there aren't actual copies of this no, book. No. Uh, right, but there are actual coolest coolers out there and they're being oh, used. Yeah, so I didn't know that. It's, I would never buy a coolest cooler. What the hell do I need that for? I don't go anywhere. Well one I mean, when we lived in our house and we had lake rights and shit, I mean back then it would it would have kind of and, and our power went out every three minutes, you know, it'd be cool to have something where you know you could keep some things fresh. But now 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 we don't need it and and whether or not it ever comes. But I, I, I tend to start to um look at the gadgets and the tchotchkes on, on Kickstarter now. I mean I've I've bought I have back wallets and and this is true knives, little things like that, yeah. and and no, no knives, but I mean, but yeah, I mean, but yeah, I I, I tend to, <laughs> I like looking at the um the non the non art stuff. I mean, and there's the music stuff. I know that there's the um the museum book that uh, the the hip hop book that that Jason backed. Um, oh, the Smithsonian anthology. Yes, that was, Oh, yep. dude, I was just about to bring that up. I mean that that um I I mean. I don't even know how, how long ago that was that I backed that. That was at least two years ago. Uh, but yeah, it's. It, I mean, it's associated with the freaking Smithsonian. Like you would think. Yeah. Uh, like. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, backed it. Um, and back in middle of back the day, last I mean, oh, just man. introduce me so we can talk about Brigade. <laughs> Please. Oh, that's true too. All right. Hey, in case you didn't already know. This is, I don't this want is, to tell you what to do, but I'm, I'm going crazy over here. This messed up. This, oh, now, now, so someone who had us waiting for 40 goddamn <laughs> oh, minutes. No. Now he's like, hey, let's get the show on the road. I got shit to do. That's not 2013. Turn, <laughs> 2013 and 30 minutes are two very different things. Also, I was just sitting here waiting. It's not my fault I'm not good at it. Wait, was, was Brigade really 2013? 20, estimated delivery October 2013. Oh, You're God. right, because he, he was on the show maybe four, four or five years ago, and he was talking about how he... Was sorry that Brigade was taking longer to get to us. <laughs> listen, I the fifteen dollars I spent has been a thousand times worth it for all the emails I get and all the updates. Like it's so good. I love seeing people freak out. It's been incredible. But I saw a real life copy of it at New York Comic Con. Somebody had, and I fucking don't have one in my hand still, and I'm about to lose my mind. I can't believe it. I just somebody, feel like I confirmed my shipping address like very recently for it. <laughs> So do, do I have to reconfirm? Listen, nothing compares to Dap and my with the coolest cooler. I mean, people talk about triggered. I literally <laughs> go into a homicidal rage when I get an update from him. Like sure. I, I legitimately want to physically harm that person yeah. in a way that I don't want to harm anyone else on the planet save mm. for our president. I'm kinda like that when the format of the show gets fucked up. Hey everybody. Oh, <laughs> You know what time it is. It's 11 o'clock comics, episode 638. Y'all, and I am Vince B. Oh, you are Vince B, and I am David A. Price. Yes, you are. And it's a good thing you're not solo, because I'm Mark Lunky. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. No, you're not. You're Jason Wood. What is that, a Star Wars? You You don't know about that? I don't. What is it? You're not living that McClunky life? So, so in, I guess what is now the running gag of the Star Wars lore, they changed the, the Greedo Solo scene again 
for the release on Disney Plus. And for some reason now, the change is that when Greedo sees Solo, he says, Maklunki. <laughs> right before he shoots first. Yeah. Why? McClunky, I guess he's like, I'm going to shoot you first. <laughs> what? In, apparently it's Huttese. <laughs> job of the Hutt's language. Right. Yeah. Everybody speaks, yeah. Okay, you're not McClunky. <laughs> you Jason Wood, everybody. And in case you haven't already noticed, we have a guest tonight. Wow, who is Very here? Very intrusive. Who's intrusive guest. <laughs> Just so pushy. It's, he's, he's not so much a guest as he is a friend. Jason, tell him who he is. He is. He's family. You have heard us talk, talk speak of him so many times on the show, uh, both hanging out with him in person at cons, hooking up awesome art for us and for our children. Um, you don't hear us talk about his books very often because he's best known for one of the primary creative forces behind the wildly successful uh, My Little Pony series at IDW, which, again, much love and respect to it. And he knows we mad support him, but we don't read Thank those you. books. Thank you. Um, yes, but uh, also um, uh, part of the, the comics hip hop crew. He's he's very very. You all remember when he first was on the show? I believe it was his first appearance. He regaled us with an uh, amazing anecdote where he was hanging out with uh, a number of hip hop luminaries. I'll, I'll 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 have you go back and listen to the archives for for more. But of course, it is our good friend here to talk about uh, a very exciting project that looms, Mister Tony Fleece. Hey everybody! Yay! Yay! What up, Tony? Very, very excited to be here. Super excited. Like I've been, uh, I've, I was telling you in the pre-show, I just flew in from uh, the UK. I was over there for a convention, and I could not, I was so excited that you were not recording while I was on a plane or some other dumb thing. I'm so happy that I'm here and we can hang out. And I've been putting together notes and lists, and I've got stacks of things to talk about. I'm just, I'm ready to go. This, this is great. Is awesome. I wish yes. all, of our, all of our guests were that prepared. Right? Well, I'm, I'm like a glistener. I'm like a guest listener. You are fantasy baseball for me, or no. like fantasy baseball camp. You're more like of a, a fl- listener, a, f- a for listener, family, yes. family. You're listener. like 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 Scotty used to be a listener. Yeah. Now he's just a guest. Yeah, right. Oh, really? Mm, yeah. And ever since he started being a writer, so this may happen to you too. Now, uh, he 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 can listen to podcasts while he's drawing. Yeah, but he he doesn't like to listen to podcasts while he's writing. So oh, so he's way behind. I if think it, he doesn't listen anymore. I don't think he's going to he, catch he, up. He portrays it as being behind, but I, I get the sense. Because I he used to hit me up every week on the regular, like our boy Tomio, as soon as that show dropped, either praising or ranting about something that we said. Yep. And he hasn't done that in a long-ass time. I uh, I hung out with uh, Scotty and Casey recently. They were out here for Los Angeles Comic Con. We went out mm-hmm. and had very, very fancy Mexican food uh, with me and them and their helper and Tone Rodriguez, my buddy. Uh, Man, and Tone Rodriguez, I didn't know he was your buddy. He draws yeah. some dope-ass commissions, dude. That's my boy. Uh, hey, he, he did the layouts for Times uh, Shopper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't notice that. Oh, he does all, all my layouts and stuff. But uh, at the end of dinner, uh, they almost let me take the whole check. Like, Scotty like, uh, is friends with me and uh, it's we're not the same. Like I had to tell him during dinner, like we are not the same, you and me. Like he does great, I do okay. And the check came, and they were just like, "Here you are." And it was like a pretty fancy dinner. And I was just like, uh, "All right, I put my card in." And they're, they're now they're taking the card. Okay, 
here we go. Nobody else is putting a card in. <laughs> All oh, right. Then Casey, like, so I, I was playing it. I thought, cool, but Casey must have seen my face where I was just like, oh, shit. And she was like, uh, <laughs> she had to yell at the person, like, come back over here. Uh, we have to put our card in as well. It was oh, uh, Damn, Scotty equal. didn't try to pick, pick up the tab? <laughs> I mean, I would not have had that. I got, I'm a man with pride. But uh, not well, so hold much on pride. a second. Hold, hold on. All right. Now, see, I know Vince hates this because we're going off script, but uh, – there is a whole world of etiquette when it comes to dinners uh, that I feel I'm quite well versed in. Because mm-hmm. in my line of in my line of work, I my dinner partners run the gamut from people exceedingly wealthier than I am to people exceedingly less wealthy than I am. And I have to tell you that generally speaking, it is a known convention that unless someone is your client, the check goes to the wealthiest person at the table. Is that right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know that convention. Yeah, that is the that is the rule. Uh, so. I split. I'm like a, a little Napoleon. I'm just like I'm just fine. Don't worry about me. How do you know I'm not the most wealthy person at the table? And then I just yeah, throw we, my card. Listen, listen. If you're at the table, Scotty <laughs> Young. If, if you're at the table, you, you you get you know these things. Yeah, you know these things. Uh, listen, I I can always feel the vibe, but uh, like I said, I'm put, a man. Put it, you, put it to you this way, Tony. Scotty and Casey stayed with uh, me. Uh, when was that, Dap? Like Back uh, in Aprilish. Aprilish, yeah. And Dap and, and came and hung out and stuff. But they stayed with me for four nights. It was awesome, and along with their friend Megan. And Megan, Megan's the the, the lady that was with us. I like oh, that. she was with y'all. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and we went to uh, Momofuku Sambar for dinner the first night. Mm-hmm. Very nice place in the city. You may be familiar. And uh, I was at the table, and Scotty paid. So, just saying that the, the the rules of etiquette are well defined. Things are going. Well, this cartoony art style is really paying off. <laughs> you think? Draw babies. Yeah, it's really he's really showing everybody. <laughs> you know where else I, the cartoony art style also pays off? <laughs> Discount comic book service. That's right. Discount comic book service. DCBService.com, where you can get all your stuff, get it cheap, and get it delivered right to your very door. For example. From Antarctic Press, we have Planet Comics, number one. I'm just going to say one name, and you're going to order this. Mike Vosberg. Bada-bing. Yep. Uh, cover price on this is $3.99. You can have it for $1.99. From Image, we have the first issue of a series called Protector, which was uh, written by Simon Roy. You have Daniel M. Benson uh, connected to this. Artram Trakhanov. Jason Wordy and Hassan Atsmane Elahu. And the cover price on this is $3.99. You'll notice the first issue has a cover by Mr. James Stokoe. Uh, but you can bring it home for $1.99, boys' pants. And last but not least, from Action Lab Danger Zone, it's Twin Worlds, number one, written by Rami Al Ashkar with art by Jethro Morales. It's a bit of a sci-fi fantasy mix it looks very good at least the preview pages looked uh, very attractive to me cover price is 3.99 your price what is it tell him dollar 99 exactly one dollar 99 cent dcbservice.com does not mind mate late orders mop, mop, mop. and uh, you get your books all packed nice and safe and secure in a giant box delivered by a very happy costume custodian of whatever delivery service is bringing it to your door. It's amazing. Do it. DCBService.com Placed my order yesterday. Wow, you're late. 
Oh, no, yeah. I always so, we talked about this. I always place yeah. it towards the mine is gonna be this weekend. Yeah, man, I do it like two days after it's, it goes up. If if we've that. had this discussion many times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll shut up now. Let's talk to Tony. What up, man? Well, first of all, what are we what are we drinking? That's yeah, what I was gonna ask. Let's not break convention. We have format. Oh, come on, man! So quickly, with our guest Tony. I, what are you drinking? Uh, <laughs> I am drinking coffee from the Keurig, but with a shot in it, and the shot is a Basil Hayden's uh, whiskey. Oh, you you know, fancy! Yeah, you fuck with Basil Hayden's. It has the. It's got like metal man. on the bottle. It's it's yeah, very tough. Very yeah. tough. Yeah, I am a lot like Drake. Oh, you fancy, huh? Yeah, I guess so. Basil Hayden's Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, uh, very smooth whiskey. Yes, uh, it's got a cork. I love yep. it. I love it. Big fan. Of, it's a medium expensive whiskey. Is that that's the true. one with the cup that's on top of the? No, that's tin cup. Uh, of this course, says, ba- Basil Hayden's almost like at this. Um, it's almost like a tunic. The the the. Yes, um, <laughs> that's like it's, a. It's like it's metal. running a marathon and it yes. has one of those paper vests on. <laughs> exactly. And then it has a metal belt. I'll send you a picture. Okay, just not now. Yes, of no. course. I can't wait to send it to you later. It'll be so out of context. We'll <laughs> <laughs> be the episode thread. Now, speaking of sending me pictures, um, oh. in fact, the only pictures I've ever received from Tony were two shots of a woman cosplaying <laughs> as the Invisible Woman. The very pretty lady. Oh, my God. She was gorgeous. And I was very happy to receive them in my phone, yep. which was yep. great. You can send me images and text whenever you want. Thank you. Well, I, I keep up with the show. I know a lot of times you're in a basement. You don't receive things. And then you just like to be unplugged. I do, yeah. but but I will make an ex, uh, an exception for you. All right. There are Good few time. people I do that for. I think most of them are list are in this digital room right now. So right here, or or I, our Slack patrons. I'm, yes. I'm, 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 I have I have texts from Tony going back to 2016, and I have no photos. I have no images. Oh, here we go. I, I was going to say I have saying. had so many conversations with Tony. Unrelated to the show, and I don't know that he's ever sent me a picture of anything. No. Yay, I'm special. No, that's not true. You sent me pictures of like OA that you've bought. Yeah. All right. I'm drinking for the first and possibly last time. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> yes. From Innovation. It's uh it's I N N O V A C and the I is an exclamation point upside down. Uh it's called Tempa, Temparanillo Cabernet Sauvignon from Mendoza, Ar- Argentina. It's okay. Mm. <laughs> I mean, with that buildup, it it's, had it's, to be. It's okay. It's a red blend, Santa Julia. It's not leaving any kind of residue on the sides of the bottle at all. I, it, the bottle's crystal clear. I could s- see right through it. I'm, it's all right. It doesn't have very much body to it. I feel you. Yeah. But I figured but, we had a guest and I would continue the trend of the the Cabernet and or Red Blend. So I I, I applaud your stick to And Jason was building up his drink yeah. in the hours leading up to this episode. It's so true. please. It's true. I, I am also drinking a Red Blend, but I think mine is decidedly better from the sound of it. Um, I think. It would have to be. Yeah. Um I'll tell you a bit about it. It's uh, it's 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 an interesting one. Pressed violets and ripe black skin berry aroma uh, lead the nose to um, to this blend of uh, it's it's eighty percent Sangiovese and twenty percent Merlot. 
Uh, it's got a firm palate. It doles out ripe blackberries, cloves, and aniseed, along with chewy tannins, and I'd say a tangy bit of acidity. Wow. Ooh. Yeah, it's a it's a Justi Ezanza Belcor Toscana. It's a basically a, a, a Tuscan blend, and um, I recently acquired it. It's it's my new favorite way to get wine. I'm obsessed with it. It's a wine text. Dap, you need to try this. What I, you you okay. text somebody and they bring you wine to your house? So you guys know Gary Vaynerchuk? He created, oh yeah. Uh, wine. <laughs> no, he's fa- he's fa- he's he's a famous dude. He tr- he's the founder of Wine Library, but he's he's become somewhat of a of a motivational speaker, internet star type of dude. Anyway, um, he's his new business is Wine Text because it's built off of Wine Library. But basically, you sign up for the service once a day. You get a text with a picture and a description of a certain type of wine. If you like it. You just text back the number of bottles you want mailed to you. Oh, that's awesome. I'm on a vinyl list no like that. Oh, shit. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So this Belcor Toscana, is, uh, it was expensive. It was $36 a bottle, but it was it's regularly $90 a bottle. So I figured, all right, I'll give this a try. And I got to tell you, I know we always talk about the you can find lots of wines that are affordable to drink, and you certainly can because – that is true, but I, I gotta say, uh, sometimes moving on up, the uh, it, this is this is special. This is going down like uh, like uh, like velvet, like liquid velvet, like Nina Hartley. Nina Hartley. Yeah, you guys keep bringing up Nina Hartley. I'm not a. I never was a big Nina Hartley fan. That ass, yo, are you kidding me? Yeah, no. Well, back in the day, I mean, too, oh, uh, of course, too much ass, not not enough on top. Uh, but well, but, uh, but yes, anyway, but right. this is fantastic. So I recommend it to those of you with a. A reasonable uh, wine budget. Nice. I was uh, I, I was muted. I had to make another drink because we had. Uh, it took so long for me to figure out how to work Skype. Another uh, one like DJ I, Khaled. <laughs> just like DJ Khaled. I can't believe you're besmirching Nina Hartley. I mean, I sort of get it. He's young. I I just like he's. Young. Not, she doesn't even have a pretty face. I like checking back in with her every decade or so, and just seeing that she's still doing it's incredible. Yeah. She's the national treasure. She's yeah. gone from she's gone from being, you know, the neighbor, the teacher, um, the MILF to the, the aunt to the right, and now she's a G Gilf. It's it's just it's 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 been a it's been a great career. Listen, um, talking, if we're talking porn if we're talking porn, like thirty year olds become gilfs in porn. Yeah. So Nina Hartley's like a great grand gilf. <laughs> right. Well that's so only if you like, subscribe to the status quo, which I do not. Thank you. Yes. No, I'm saying how they're portrayed. Oh, I get it. But the name, like, of the like thing if a is. woman turns 25, she starts becoming a milf. <laughs> there's, there's very attractive <laughs> qualities to older women, and I think Nina has them. Yes. I mean, I mean, is she the first porn star to have gone through menopause? I'm on the record. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, no. Ginger. I guess Violet Blue. No. Yeah, I, was, I would say Ginger Lynn. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Forget about Back. the lens. Facts. Um, so, so happy we did this early in the show, porn talk. Which I don't know if you guys know this. But <laughs> well, it would have been early in the like show. If there's if it's, eleven if o'clock, it's so well into your, if it's so well into your demographic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that. The My Little Pony people are still up. Now we yeah. can get to, I can see a little girl being like, "Who is your name?" Like, oh, Daddy. Daddy, <laughs> that artist Tony is, did a podcast. Let's listen to it. Absolutely. <laughs> This is going to be on his banner next con season. Yeah. Um, I I uh, I had a drink when we when we tried to start. 
Um, I had I, I had to drink it while it was still kind of hot because it was it was more or less a hot toddy. I had um, in in my weekend Amazing Spider-Man coffee mug. I had some tea and a lot of brandy and a little bit of honey. And now this glass is empty. This mug is empty. So I'm going to have to um, get something else. I probably will join. Oh. Because I'm still fighting this cold, I think I'll go the Tony route. I'll go get some bourbon, even though... Only because I don't want the wine to go to waste. I feel like I really won't taste the wine, and I don't want to ruin a decent glass of wine with that. But Makes sense. Yeah. that's what that, that's, So no, I'm going to go downstairs, Vince, and um, and I'm going to grab the bottle of Knob Creek, just for you. <laughs> well, Celebration. <laughs> yes. Please please mute. Oh, yes. All right. I'll be right he muted a little okay. too early. I think he muted a little too early on that, but that's okay. Sure. Uh, while Dap is doing that, I wanted to give a shout out if I if I could. Um, shout out to our good friend and longtime comics aficionado and and listener and all that, Mister Mister Raf Radia, Mister Raf Suhu, who uh, has been dealing with some pretty severe medical issues for the last bunch of years. Uh, he's very public about it, so I don't think we're speaking out of school. And he has been waiting. F- he's been on the transplant list for about two, three years, and he just had a successful transplant this week. Nice. Oh, I didn't so, know that. Yeah, Congrats. so pr- pretty awesome. Um, so I hope you're doing well, my friend, and uh, we look forward to seeing you soon uh, up and about. That is awesome. And yeah. uh, while we're on the subject um, of you know tipping our hat to the people we love, we got to pour one out for Mr. Tom Lyle. Yes, uh, yes. Thank you for. I forgot to put that in the notes. Yes, yeah. who passed away recently? Tom Lyle Absolutely. was a uh, for a long time one of the uh, preeminent uh, Spider-Man artists, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, he will be missed. Uh, I was noticing a lot of people on Facebook saying, "Yeah, he's my my favorite Spider-Man artist. He's the guy that was drawn it." You know, when I first got into it, and I'm thinking, "Okay, mm-hmm. number one, I'm old. Um, number two, that's awesome that." the the legacy of Spider-Man is so wide that you could have a favorite artist from the 60s, the 70s. Like, there are decades of, right, of favorite right. art, and it just, it'll never stop, hopefully. So, uh, yes, uh, big, big, big uh, hugs to the family of Tom Lyle and a tip of the hat to Tom for everything he's done for us over the mm-hmm. years. Yeah. Yep. He was real good. He was, and apparently fast, too, from what I hear. That'll take you a long way. God bless Tony, you. Tony, would you say you're fast? Uh, this week I am, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I am more long than fast. Like, I'll stay forever and, and work until it's done. Like, I have, uh, like I was saying earlier, I'm, I'm like a Napoleon. Like, I just have to, I'm proving myself to everyone all the time. Even mm-hmm. people, like, at this point, obviously, I've been drawing this Milo Pony for, like, eight years. So I'm, I don't have anything to prove to the my bosses. Like they like me just fine, <laughs> but I'm always like I'll hit that deadline no matter what. So right now I'm drawing an issue in ten days, which is fast. Basically, Damn, that is fast. That's crazy. Basically yeah. two pages a day, but it ends up being four pages of like four pages of layouts a day, four pages of inks a day. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, pretty fast. I hope to not have to do that again too many more times. Next month I've got one, and it's just at a regular pace and that's even with christmas in there so i always look for your name in the solicits but is it do you do it doesn't you you don't do 12 right you do like more like 10 a year oh no yeah i do like maybe eight a year 
Oh, eight? Okay. Yeah, yeah there's like five of us. There's me, uh, Agnes, Andy Price, uh, Brenda Hickey, oh. and then the editor, yeah, Tom Zoller writes more than he draws. Okay. But the, the editor uh, got promoted, so now he's in charge of like Ninja Turtles and then all of Hasbro. Uh, and so the assistant editor became like an associate editor, so she's now bringing in her own, like a new group of people. Oh, you're getting pushed out? Uh, never that. But <laughs> there's, there's more people coming in, you know, trying their hand at it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty well, uh, pretty well entrenched just because of, I mean, because I'm drawing an issue in 10 days. Like, I'll hit them deadlines. Uh, right. And I do a good job at it. So I've, I can do this job. Uh, the trick is, like, the trick has been doing this job long enough to figure out how to do that and then do other stuff at the same time. Right. Wow. Which is, it seems like uh, Agnes has quite the following. Yeah, man. She's done real well for herself. I mean, that and Superhero Girls, it's like two different but equally enormous audiences. Right. And, and she's done a real good job of of focusing like right at the kids, which is great. Like I I feel like me and Andy Price sort of have uh the brony audience more so. Uh and she's done a real good job. I mean, they love her too, but like she's done a real good job of just like zeroing in on those kids and and I mean, she's so sweet and you know, like nice, you know, kids, you know, like if you have a child, are you going to bring them up to talk to her or to my gray-haired, you know, like beardy cardigan ass. <laughs> you know, Do you, if, uh, no, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was if I was pressed to pick a company that has produced the best licensed comics, and there there yeah. are a lot of publishers that could be considered for the the top role. Uh, even Marvel and DC have at one time produced a lot of licensed books. I don't think anybody did it or does it better than IDW in terms of aesthetic quality. I mean, yes, they have books to get out and they will get out, but they're all produced on a certain level of quality that often amazes me. Like the Transformers books are kicking right now. The yeah. the pony stuff, the the turtle stuff of course is better than it has been in decades. Yeah. And it's just it's yeah. just a testament to the folks at IDW that they could cash you know they can they can do diligence on the commercial side and produce these books that they know people will want to read but they're also getting things all shored up on the aesthetic quality side because they're just great to look at and read so i gotta you know they're good at getting the licensors to let them try different and and new things Mm -hmm. which i think a lot of people like whenever the licensor brings a book to somebody it's sort of like they want you to take their brand and well, there's two different ones. There's ones that just don't care, and they just want you to do the same thing that they do. And then there's people that want you to take their brand and show them something else they could do with it. Basically, like shake this up and see if you can get a different kind of money from it than we get already. Uh, and the, and IDW is real good at pitching licensors on that second one, where it's like, well, let's try some other stuff and then see, and see what happens. Right. So so yeah, I mean, what, what were you talking about? That clue book a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they'll, they'll, I mean, they're real that's good. Shaw, I mean, that's, like that. yeah. Or that's, like what they, or, or certainly what they had, um, you know, you, you had, uh, um, like the, the Transformer stuff. I mean, there's definitely been some, some, cre- with the Shioli, you know, there's definitely yeah. been some definite creative. There's that indefin- G.I. Joe you hated. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but still, I mean, that's, at least it was a spin. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it was, a, it was a swing. Like, it was a whole different take. Right. Sure, sure. Yeah. 
And maybe, like you said, though, maybe that's opening up the property to some other set of eyes. I, right? I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm going for more the traditional nostalgia there. Yeah. Have you, um, have you watched the Toys That Made Us episode of a uh, of Pony yet? No, that came out while I was in while I was overseas, so I yeah. haven't seen yeah. it. And I managed to get a like watch the Mandalorian, so that was sort of my main focus. Nice. I had to do some back backroom dealing because uh, Europe doesn't get Disney Plus until March. So yeah. I had to, uh-huh. as Ian will tell us. <laughs> Luckily, I was at a comic con. Uh, so. Drops tomorrow, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it means midnight yes. or if it's like sometime tomorrow. Yeah, very excited. It's been phen- phenomenal so far. Yeah, it has been. Who's Vince? You don't care? Are you watching it? Don't care. He's indifferent. He doesn't yeah. care. He doesn't care right now. He doesn't care because he hasn't seen it. My oh, I, I, I'm year mark twenty twenty four is when you're going to have it. <laughs> right. I'm so, it, you know it's Lone Wolf and Cub, right? It's oh, what cool. I see. Yeah, from the Facebook, that's what I can see. Yeah, I suppose you can't miss it on Facebook. That would I'd be so frustrated if I had to see that 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 little baby before I saw it on TV. I'm curious. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, if if you're deep in the franchise but i mean i love star wars and i will go yeah. see the last chapter of the 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 nine film Skywalker cycle saga but yeah i i don't need to see everything right now i i'll I, I have nothing against it i will see it but you know i'm just not chomp champing at the bit to see it now there you go mm-hmm. i'm drawing the speaking of comics i draw i'm drawing the the star wars comics that lead up to the uh, to the last part of the saga. Oh, no kidding. Are you really? Yeah, Road to the Rise of Skywalker. The second part comes out next week. First part's already out, and then there's one more comes out right before the right before the last thing. Now, it's the kids' comic, so it's Star Wars Adventures. It's not right. like yeah, right. okay, the yeah. Marvel one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're just like little stories that take place right before uh, the Rise of Skywalker. So I did it oh, with nice. Mike Marici wrote it, uh, and I drew it, and this dude, Matt Holmes, colored it. It's a droids adventure so it's like uh, r2d2 and 3po and bb8 nice yeah yeah you know i'm a little scared from that trailer when uh 3po says you know i'm I'm, uh yeah yeah Yeah. and i if i mean it would be fitting that the droids who were the only constant in in all three trilogies would expire at the end of this one i don't want to see it but uh, I, i would understand it if they did that's why there's no more movies after this because there's no more droids to see it. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about it. Yeah. I mean, we we've lost, we've we've been. I, so, do you think, based on who left us in the first part of the final trilogy, and who left us in the second? <laughs> You're being so uh, careful. Uh, yeah, yeah, the biggest, so, the biggest movie in the universe. Um, you know, well, there was actually I, a friend of mine showed me a um, shortly after the movie came out, um, the, uh, the the Force Awakens. Someone, I guess, didn't have a, um, you know, when someone doesn't wash their car and, and and someone writes in the dirt, you know, please wash me or something like that. Someone actually or draws a dick, yeah, right. But so so someone had written, please wash me, and I guess the dude was pissed off about it. So he he wrote next to him in his big ass SUV window that that. Um, Kylo Ren kills Han Solo. And I was just like, I was like, that's, that's such a dick move. But, you know, it's fitting because, you know. But um, do you think... Do we think Leia's going to die in the movie? I don't... I don't know if we'll see her die on screen. I, I, I'm worried that we might see Chewie die. Oh, God. Yeah, because um, C-3PO's running around with that bandolier. Yeah. Oh, no. 
Did we lose somebody? No, no, it's just no, that no, I, just I didn't even consider that. Um, but yeah, I don't. I mean, we've we've. I, I expect Lando to live at the end of it, but I mean, he wasn't in it from the beginning. But um, yeah, it's 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 not something I want to think about because I just want to. I've 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 enjoyed all of them. I know that Jason does not like um, the uh, the Last Jedi, and and yeah, I'm not alone. I mean, no, no, you are not. You are not, and that's fine. And that's and that's no. It's I'm not saying that you know you're in the minority there. I I I confess to that completely. But um, I've I've found something to enjoy um, in all of them, and in some degree, even even the prequels, as as hard as that may be in some cases. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I I, I sent a text to my brother asking because we did see we did see the Force Awakens um, together, and and I'm hoping that. Um, he and I, and maybe even his uh, his girls, can can go see the last one. Hopefully, before the end of the year. I don't have, I don't, I didn't buy my tickets yet or anything like that. Because in this house, I'm the only person who would be interested. I could maybe convinced to go see to see with the minions. So but, see, um, Renee, Renee, proof that Renee is not perfect. It, it is true. It's absolutely true. Um, well, as you know, I'm going on my birthday. Yes, you are. As you should. As you should. It it doesn't. It's. I got three tickets. Within forty-eight hours, like for, for sure. three showings. Yeah, yeah. God damn, son. Wow. Two midnights and like a one p.m. Uh, yeah, one p.m. I'm going to see it with eleven o'clock. Sker Max Beckman from nice. novels.com. He's coming up. What's from doing? Beach. We're gonna go see it. He's doing good. No cancer. Seems to be doing good. He's playing in a ska band. Just doing his thing. Oh, he, he bought the uh, the cheap graphic novels store. So like. Oh no shit. Yeah, it was a it was a real store pulp fiction and then a, a, it's two stores and then it was the online thing and he bought the online part from the owner. So he's like a, a business owner now, just fucking doing his thing. Oh, right? business. Great. Nice. Yeah. Great. Good old Max. So, let's get on to Time Shopper. Let's let's talk about do this. Why don't you uh, tell us? I mean, we could do it, but we'd, I'd rather hear it from the horse's mouth. Why don't you tell us? I want to know how you hooked up with this Misi character. Oh, yeah. I'm glad. I, I have a feeling you'd like him. Uh, so Time Shopper is a original graphic novel that comes out early in 2020. It's in previews right now. It's yes. from Action Lab. Uh, Action Lab regular, not Danger Zone, because we took out any uh, sort of hard cursing. It's like a, like a PG-13 comic. Uh, but it's a story about a guy that gets sent back in time. He gets a job time time traveling. Like he's supposed to go warn the Titanic about the iceberg and put the roof up on JFK's car, uh, do all these things. Basically, like make the world perfect. All these sort of accidents or these big disasters. He's supposed to go back and get in the way of those. Uh, but they give him this money in case he needs to buy supplies. And as soon as he gets back in time, he gets distracted by how cheap everything was in the past and uh, just goes shopping instead of doing his job. So it's <laughs> sort of like a, just a regular guy running around history, uh, getting into mischief. And then, you know, hilarity ensues. There's robots. There's famous people. Jesus is in it like three times. Yes. Yeah. Constantly <laughs> as the man, too. Yeah. Man, yeah. Jesus. I love that. that Jesus is the man. Um, but, yeah, I wrote it. And then uh, my buddy Christian Meese, drew it. <laughs> Uh, and he's a guy that I've known for probably almost the whole time I've been in comics. Um, cause he, we both came through silent devil, which is a small publisher. And that's how I met Chris Moreno, who I work with every day. Uh, and I met Misi through that too. He did a book with them 
uh, and with Emma Caulfield from Buffy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, a very bizarre book called Contro Pussy that's about like this cat that uh, is also a socialite, uh, and the cat goes out and like gets like just gets railed and drunk and stuff and like passes out. <laughs> very bizarre. It's written by Emma Caulfield from Buffy, Anya, Anya. and then her friend and and Misi drew it. Uh, and so I knew him from that. We'd like done signings together at conventions and stuff. And then we both lived in LA for a while. He doesn't live here anymore. Uh, so we would hang out sometimes, but never a whole lot. We mostly just run into each other at conventions nowadays. And he is always there cause he's a caricature artist. And so when you go to like New York or to one of the, any of the bigger cons, they do a lot of wizard worlds too. And there's a big booth that just has caricatures all down the side of it. And then there's just like people set up doing caricatures. He's one of those guys. And so I'll be working Artist Alley at shows, and then he'll be working Caricature Booth, and then we'll always go out and get dinner afterwards. Uh, and he was always working. Like, he was always drawing his own little comics. or uh, Little sounds like I'm uh, making light of them, but he would do, like, uh, drink and draw stuff or, like, anthology stuff. Uh, and so I was just like, this guy's always fucking drawing. Like, if, if I could somehow harness this power. Uh, and so I was like, hey, man, do you want to do a comic together? And he was like, yep, let's do it. So, uh, like I was saying, I, I, I spend so much time drawing My Little Pony and Star Wars and whatever else I'm getting hired to do that I've sort of, in the last few years, gotten away from Creator Own, which is what I, what I want to do eventually all the time. So this is like sort of me figuring out how to do to, to both at the same time. Hmm. Nice. You said it's a PG-13 book, but there's some carefully placed things that elevated above PG-13 for me. Like, I love the section when he's in Pompeii and, oh, no. and, and the guy selling the dirty paintings and there's a giant dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's leaning on it. Like, if I had a giant dick, I would lean on it too. But the paintings are, 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 are you know, pretty risque too. But I love this Misi guy. I think his style is really neat. Yeah, did you follow him online? I'm going to, yeah. Yeah. Definitely check out his Instagram. You'll dig it the most. He do, he's always putting up just like super dope stuff. Uh, his this so like when you do caricatures, it's all about the shape. You know, like you look at a person's head and you figure out like what the interesting shape is that that makes their head their head. Mm-hmm. Or or how can I abstract it? Like how can I take this person's head and then make it a different shape but still make it look like them? And so he's always doing these uh, exercises or just like sketchbook stuff where he'll just draw a weird shape and then he'll make it into Wolverine or whatever. And it always just, it looks so neat. Uh, like he's, he's super good. Yeah. Um, but he hadn't like, he'd done a lot of comics and stuff, but he, he wanted to do something a little more serious than the stuff he had been doing. And so that's also why we worked with tone, uh, tone did all the layouts on this book, uh, and on my next book. And because he's just such a like confident, classic storyteller uh he would just hand in these things and then misi could sort of draw over top and do his own right you know like his his crazy shit on top so the like all the backgrounds and sort of like the panel by panel stuff was all covered and then misi just got to sort of ball out all over the place well he did a fantastic job thanks uh, yeah, yeah. I, I love it i gotta say you had me at uh, the fact that He's bumping to freaking keep their heads ringing. Yeah. <laughs> opening scene, which I'm like, now that's a deep cut. Like, I mean, you have to be a certain age in a certain type of hip hop band to even know what the hell that those words mean anything. Right. Yeah. I, 
I just sort of just I've always wanted to try and figure out how to get hip hop into my comics the way that I like hip hop. And I think you and I like hip hop uh in a similar way, but you're even more out there than I am. Like I like I'm almost like my whole shit is shame. Like my whole world is based on shame. And so like <laughs> I don't want anyone to to just be like to feel like I'm tr- trying to fake the funk. Like all I've ever listened to is hip hop music, but I don't want to have to explain that to somebody. So right. like it's it comes out of me in like a, a more subtle way. But this was uh, like, for instance, I, I have a Wu Tang sticker on my car. I've had a Wu Tang sticker on my car since I had a car. So like every new car I get, I get a new Wu Tang sticker and put it on there. But I don't fucking want to talk about it because I'm just like, oh god, I don't know what to say. Like, would I just start talking about Ghostface Kill to these people? So I was at uh, these people. I was at a coffee shop. Shannon went inside to get coffee, and somebody pulled up next to me, and they were just like, yo, Wu-Tang forever. And I was like, oh, thank you. Like, what the fuck kind of thing is that to say to somebody? <laughs> thank you. It's like, it's like when you buy the movie tickets. Enjoy your movie. Yeah, you too. <laughs> exactly. Oh, thank you. Like, I want to kill myself right there. Like, if I had a knife, I would have slit my own throat and sit in that fucking coffee shop parking lot. Oh, thank you, sir. Wu-Tang forever to you too. <laughs> <sighs> but as I'm reading this book, I'm thinking, okay, if, if I was in the same situation as Carl, I probably would do the same thing, only I would get the job done first and then go shopping. Like if I'm in the 70s and you have, I have unlimited amounts of money, I'm going to check out every newsstand I could find and scoop up all the giant size X-Men, number one, you know what I mean, and bring them back and, and resell them. Like that's just what we as collectors would do yeah the gray sports almanac yeah going yeah yeah, get that shit uh i always get caught up though in what that would like the second he does any of this like how do we even know that that woman would exist to be still be his boss you know what i mean you've you've seen endgame because that's still her present it's she doesn't cease to exist just because (laughs) he goes into the past no, I'm on uh, I'm yeah, on semi Back to the Future rules. No, I, and I and I mean that's the way I've always lived it. But I mean I've also I've I've been, you know I I appreciate um, the alternate thinking on it. I mean yes, you would think if you go back and change something, then now or if you do anything that 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 diverts your 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 past that becomes your present then then yeah if, if, if anything if, if i bump into my father you know and it doesn't meet my mother then great so i have no future and and just right. like in back to the future and 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 i absolutely get that and that makes so much sense and it's a logical way of thinking but i guess if you do have to start to put layers on top of it and i guess really sit down and think about the way it works because you've taken yourself out of your present, even though you're still existing and you're still alive. And and the minutes, if if it's if it's twelve o'clock and you go into the past, if you look at your watch, it, it, it it's twelve it's twelve o one, but you're in the past. It's it's I I get why 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 Bruce and, and Nebula would explain things to Scott and and Rhodey that way. I absolutely get it. And and you know and I've and. Same thing with uh, Doctor Who kind of plays around with that. And, and I, I so I love it's well, I'm, you know, a big fan of what if and then alternate realities, things like that. So I'm I'm fine with yeah. thinking that, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't it wouldn't alter this woman from ever being born. She'd still be his boss in the future because that's his present. And and so I'm 
I'm learning to. Well, I tried to. I try to throw it away as much as possible. Like twice in the book, they just go like, "This time travel doesn't make any goddamn sense." Like uh, just because because I I couldn't make sense of it myself. Like I would I would take it to as far out as I could take it. As far as like before, I was just like, "This is about jokes." There are hand jobs in this thing. Yes. Like let's bring it on back, and then then I would make sure and have somebody go like, "This doesn't make any sense. What's happening?" You know. I uh, I, I enjoyed. I was. I was smiling ear to ear throughout it. I'm, I'm, I'm flipping pages and, 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 you know, Tony sent us the, the preview, the, the advanced PDF. And, um, so for the most part, it's colored and, and, and it, I mean, it looks fantastic. And I, I really grinned ear to ear when some, when he bumps into Tupac. And, and I was like, cause <laughs> oh, was, hell yeah. when, when we, and, and that's, and that's one of those things where, um, my, and I was, I was actually talking to a few people about it today, but um, my wife, it, she, she still isn't over the loss of of, of Tupac. She is there. That's he is he is one of like I with me. We were she and I were actually talking about this in in the, in the ride to work today because I I tend to compare everybody to just because of where I was and what I was listening to when I was in high school and growing up. I, I compare everything to ev- everything to Public Enemy. And, 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 you know, and, and those, those two, there are two albums that I'll play almost every month. And, and, um, and I just, I, for whatever reason at that, I, I'm drawn to Chuck and Flav and, 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 and so I'm just, I'm that, that's my happy place. And, and, and I, you know, would branch out and, and try other, other groups, but that's, that, that's who I compare everybody to. So, uh, with her, it's it's Tupac and, and like, and, and she always kind of tenses up a bit. She cringes when everybody throws the, um, the comparison between Biggie and Tupac. Cause she could not, she can't stand that mumble mouth motherfucker. And, and she just, she, she just, she, <laughs> what? no, she does not. Oh God, right. she, That's two strikes on Renee. This I was going to say, this is Renee. Well, for wow. Jason, baby, but you know, yeah, but no, she is. Wait, not, you don't like me not. either. I'm I'm not that big of a fan. Wow. Of it, no. Holy shit! No, the show no. might have just ended. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know what to tell you, man. I don't. I what just, the... but my brother loves him. My brother loves him. So I'm like, that's cool. No, I I'm sorry, I don't know what to tell you. I just it's one of those things where I just I mean it's I I dig his beats. You know, I, I'll I'll tap my foot, but I'm like I'm not like I I'm not running out to. I listen to Fat Joe, but I'm, it's just one of those things where it's just like I don't know. I know. I know. I know. It's apples and oranges. I know. No, no, you're not. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to like say which one is you know. But no, it's it's so it's one of those things. So I. That's like saying, to, I don't really like Robert De Niro, but Jim J. Bullock's all right. <laughs> He's the best. Uh, a sitcom star, but there's just just no. There's um, but yeah. So I see I see Tupac in this, and 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 I smile, and and then as the issue goes on, um. They're, they're, they're little nods to to that encounter, but it's 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 really cool. No, I I think it's it's a cool looking book. I dig it. I mean, are there, um, and and are you? This is weird. I, I are you um the thoughts, the things that Carl says is yeah. is that you? Most of the time, yeah. I'm I'm. Okay. Uh, I, <sighs> I'm not great at writing somebody that's not me yet. You know, uh, the other right. thing, the other book I'm working on that you guys know about, uh, it, none of the characters are me. And so it's, it's like me doing my best to make them characters, but it's so like, you just sort of fall into, uh, writing yourself or I do because I'm, you know, a you write what you know. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think I'm just so hilarious that people would just want to hear, <laughs> hear stories about me time traveling. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, like his what he's saying is generally what I'm saying uh, in in this story. And I was very careful to make him uh, like an overachiever uh, because, like, when I started making comics. Uh, I did autobiographical stuff, and everybody said, like, oh, it's this slacker. You know, it was like a, a real time when everything was slackers. And then the last one I did was about a Jeff Steinberg, Champion of Earth, uh, was about, like, a an actual slacker who gets chosen to fight aliens. And every time I work on slack, I'm just like, man, Jason's not going to read this fucking thing. I was just <laughs> going to say, you know, you, know, you know my view on that. <laughs> So, like, right away on page one, I was just like, well, have somebody say how great he is at his job. <laughs> and then he just really is a hustler. And hopefully I love it. But then, uh, like, a, the PR guy that we hired and every other place we sent it to, they're just like, this slacker goes traveling around in time. And I'm like, he's great at his job. He just, well, I mean, he sucks at his job eventually, but at the beginning, he's great at his job. Yeah. I have to tell you, I, uh, I had to look up what a, a French handshake was. Uh, I feel like I made up what a French handshake. When you looked it up, did it uh, did it say it was a handjob? There were three definitions, and none of which quite fit. Uh, uh, Urban, Dic- Urban Dictionary uh, says that a French handshake is as follows. Definition one, the top definition, an act of shaking someone's hand with the right <laughs> hand while squeezing their balls with the left. Yeah, yeah. Number two. <laughs> That's not it. The, number two, the French handshake. This is Vince's definition. The accidental male-to-male contact which happens during double penetration. Wait, oh, what? Why would that be mine? <laughs> that's more of a Vander thing. I don't think that's a Vince thing. And three, <laughs> the, French handshake, the French handshake is the act of anal sex. Why? That's a Vince thing. So I, I'm left wondering what uh, – yeah, so you, thought, for you it was just a handy. I thought for sure it was a handjob. Here, here's what happened is originally that page just – there's so – what this is is there's a Carl goes into an old timey saloon like in Deadwood. Deadwood. Yeah, baby. Uh, because I was always fascinated in Deadwood. One time on Deadwood, I, I may have imagined it, but I feel like I saw a sign that said "Hand Jobs Five Cents," and I was like, Five Cents! Incredible!" Uh, <laughs> that was the impetus so, for this book, right? Precisely. <laughs> I've been thinking about it the whole time. Although you missed uh, the chance to to have uh, your your boy draw the the bartender look like Swearingen. He did originally, and I was like, "Look, we're already doing jokes. I don't need to have jokes on jokes." <laughs> Uh, oh, so you missed it. It's a bit so the fake. page. So he goes in. He slaps down a fifty, and then the next page says one thousand hand jobs later. Like originally, it said one thousand hand jobs ah, later. I see. Uh, and then we decided to pull it back slightly, uh, and then we. I, I went through a giant list of old timey, old west names for hand jobs, <laughs> and I landed on uh, French handshake. But you want to hear the other, the rest of the list? We do. Absolutely, we do. Here's the list. Uh, okay. And I looked up like handjob names, and then some are just friends suggesting things. Old fashioned. Some of the some were just too obtuse. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hand service. Mm. Hand stuff, and it has to work in the context of one thousand somethings later. Right. Uh, hand stuff. Hand crank. Hand relief. Tug service. Old That's fashioned good. tug. You think tug service? One thousand tug services later. No, no, it probably doesn't work with the one thousand. It's a little clunky. Like. Yeah. Old fashioned tug. Taffy pull. Taffy pull. <laughs> that's good. That's right there. That would have been it. A thousand taffy pulls later. Uh, it's not too late. Uh, exotic massage. Full service massage. Gentleman's milking. <laughs> <laughs> Devil's handshake. 
Lucifer's handshake, the Lucifer Accord, Satan handshake, Silverado squeezer, the Tombstone trombone, Texas tickler, Texas twister, Texas tornado. You think taffy pull? I mean, I I kind of like that. I gotta say. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out on on my maybe list. And, oh, uh, you heard it here first, folks. Yeah, but, but, Listen, but really just good. to speak to the visuals uh, a bit, that is a ph- phenomenal scene. So he's he's done with his his thousand French handshakes. He's walking down the stairs holding a water bottle against his crotch, <laughs> and all the the prostitutes are standing up at the top of the stairs, holding their wrists from from the pain of of of, of the service. And I thought that was. And he's okay. grown a, like a ZZ Top beard in the time. He has, yeah. and, and keep, it, keep their heads ringing has 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 reappeared. Yeah, so his ringtone. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, anyway, that's my book, Time Shopper. It's a, uh, I like it. Uh, it's coming out in Oct- or in uh, January, possibly early February, because it'll be on a boat from China. It's gonna be a hardcover, like a like a Euro album format. Yeah, oh, you're doing nice. Jim Rugg style. Yeah, man. Uh, smaller than Jim Rugg, it's going to be almost comic book size, uh, but it'll be in that sort of like square format. Now, was that a risky decision since it's a creator-owned project in the sense that it obviously cost you more to make? So, Yeah, I mean, it's risky in that I don't know. Uh, it, I mean, the whole thing's risky. I mean, you just heard me describe that thing. It sounds funny, but like, if I, you know, I mailed out mailers to like thirty retailers. Some of them seem on board, but like I don't like. If I'm making like a sure thing, like this is going to make me rich type of comic, this probably ain't it. Uh, sure, but, sure. But as far as like one that just comes right from my soul, this is sort of it. You know, like this is uh, if I'm doing the full Tony Fleece, it's like this type of nonsense. Well, here's the thing. I, I it, I'm it, that you say that. I mean, because I think we have the benefit. Uh, of reading this, knowing you personally, yeah. So I'm hearing your, like your your patois, your tenor. We're yeah. intimately familiar with your sense of humor, and so I read it and thought, oh, this is very funny. Uh, I mean, I'm not suggesting people that don't know you won't think it's funny, but it it is a bit of a, a litmus test. Like I for sure, I, yeah. And I so. only know people that know me, so I have no way of finding <laughs> out. <you> go. <laughs> I don't know how to do this. Well, how did you land at Action Lab? I mean, what like have you did you did you shop it around and get feedback pro and con? Did you like how long have you? Because you know there, there's a lot of uh, this is in, in, interesting on a lot of levels. One, you went to Action Lab. Uh, yeah. Two, it's like you said, it's a hardcover, but in a European bond SNA format where it's 48 pages. Yeah. Um, all things that are that that do set it apart from the standard fare, good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, you know, time will tell on that. But uh, but so how did you land it at Action Lab and, and and how long has this been in the works and that sort of stuff? Uh, I've been talking to Action Lab about doing something for a long time. I really like Princeless, um, and so I Jeremy was like, book. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, these these people make cool stuff, and they've done a few other books that I really liked. Uh, but then they did a book with Franco and my friend Sarah Richard last year that was in that format, and now I maybe mean, it was two years ago. But I was like, oh geez, they're doing that. Uh, and that was really the only way I wanted to do this. Like, it's not like I thought of the format first and then thought of the story, but, uh, I sort of have two different kinds of stories. I have, uh, longer stories that are like, you know, 50, I mean, the longest thing I have is like maybe 15 issues long. I don't have like a Cerebus or a Savage Dragon in me, but 
uh, the stuff I do is either like 15 issues long or it's 50 pages long, Mm -hmm. you know, and and time shopper was definitely one of those. Now, like as I've written it and, uh, I've sort of got to the end of it and I got to like the characters and ideas bubble up. Like I sort of like, if, but for, for some reason it is successful and it's like a big hit, then I sort of know what time shopper two and three are. And like, it's like a, like a little box set or whatever. Uh, but, I saw they were doing that format, and I didn't see a lot of other people doing that format. Image uh, had been talking about doing it, but I sort of, uh, having not ever done an Image book before, I was like, I don't know if this is, like, I can, I, I sort of look at what they're doing, and they weren't doing this, you know? And so I didn't, I didn't even approach. Uh, but I'm doing a book with them now. I have since approached, and uh, I'm doing a different thing with them next year. So, uh, oh, but sweet. yeah, Action Lab. Action Lab was doing the stuff like this. Uh, not only were they doing the format stuff, but they were doing sort of like body weirdo comedy stuff. Uh, and and then I had done a bunch of covers for them, so I, I knew them personally. And and that I feel like is real helpful because uh, I take shit real personally, business wise. So like if I get a rejection from somebody, I'm just like, well, they're dead to me. So like if I had gone, you know, to image and they were just like, this isn't for us, I would just be like, well, fuck them forever. I can never never come back here. Like my, my, because comics is so all encompassing as far as like, it takes so much of my time and so much, like, like you said, you read this and it sounds like me. That's because it's like me putting myself into a thing. So they say like, I don't like this. And a couple people did like, not to say like action lab, wasn't my first choice but like i pitched it around to a few places and people said like oh, this isn't for us and i 100 percent was just like fuck them then that's that <laughs> <laughs> like, they, i'm gonna do dope stuff in the future you're all gonna see <clears throat> and uh as it turns out i'm doing dope stuff in the future and they're gonna see so we'll see how it all goes i mean mm-hmm. i could just fail on every level on every book that I put out and then they will see that they made the right choice but i hope to just make everyone see my dream is to one day receive the Eisner and just get to go up on stage and just list grievances like straight. Oh my up. God. Can you, can you make sure if that happens that we, that we, that's we are there. San Diego. Cause I, yeah. yeah, please, by all means, I would hope to have you there because nobody else is going to cheer for that shit. It's just going to be a lot of quiet. <laughs> you hear like the plates, the forks. Dude, I plates. want you to go up on stage <laughs> in a Rick, in a Rick flair robe <laughs> doing the style and profile and walk. I need it to yeah. happen. Here's who passed on this book. Oh, oh shit! That, no, I mean, I'm not saying that here. Oh, oh, okay. When you went, <laughs> I, that's that's right. Right. I was like, oh boy, here we go. We're about Picture to go in. me rolling. Clint I was like, don't, I was like, don't mess with our comps, Tony. <laughs> yeah. Never, never that. Uh, yeah, that's action. That's how I wound up in action lab. I like those guys. Uh, we're on like a personal level. Uh, I was originally going to do a book with them back when it was like uh, Sean Pryor. And Dave Dewanch and like that, like those guys were just sort that's of our people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I love those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but now they, and Sean's back doing like he's like creator relations or something. Like when I have yeah. creator questions, I can ask him through Sean. Um, and then Dave is sort of like sort of still in the mix. Uh, I'm not sure how it all works, but the mm-hmm. Brian, who's the president of the place, or the the editor in chief or publisher or whatever, uh, I know him now from having done like a bunch of miraculous stuff with them, and I did some uh, some of their wildly popular titty books. I did some covers for those. So, yeah, I like those guys. 
Right on. Yeah. Do you want so, to talk about? Uh, you have more I, I want to hear your stuff? questions. Oh, your yes, good. Vince, tell me about oh, boy. Your, your organizational system because as I here's how I understand it: you get new comics and you just put them in a <laughs> random box, and then you have a program that says which box the things are in. So, yes. like instead of being in any order, there's just you just have to go to the program. So, like when you die. <laughs> Which of your children knows about the program to be able to decipher any of this? Well, they, DJ Vinny Beats. They <laughs> all know about it. Uh, only one would actually take it seriously. Right. So, but that, that is the, the process, right? Yes. Books come in. I say, okay. Mia, I assume. Yeah, right, right. Mia. Uh, Savage Dragon 278 is in box 92. And that goes in the book in in the in the program. That's the only way I can organize because I don't I don't have unless I'm rebagging stuff, which yeah. then I will go through all the boxes and get all the swamp thing together, put it in one box. That, so you just that's not, after the fact. You don't want to shift stuff around, so you just instead you have this program. No, there's too many boxes. I'm not going to dick yeah. with that stuff. No. How many long I, boxes do you have now? Well, number one, I don't I don't buy long boxes. I buy short boxes. Okay, all right. How long bo- boxes, long yeah. boxes are too unwieldy, and yep, yep. I just don't it's like It's a young them. man's game. Yes. Uh, short boxes, I have about 150, 165 around there. Okay. Yeah. That's and that's half of what I did have, because when we moved to the new digs, I didn't feel like lugging all this stuff, yes, so I right. sold half of my collection. So, And it was mostly... Batman. <laughs> yeah, mostly Batman. Uh, Campbell got about 10 of those boxes. Yeah, Campbell, yeah, about 700 issues of Superman. Uh. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, I regret that a little bit now. In hindsight, I do. But mm-hmm. I have them. I mean, if we're going to be real, I have all that Superman stuff digitally now. So it doesn't really matter. I've got, uh, I just last weekend or the weekend before gave away with three years worth of singles uh, to like a a veterans hospital charity oh, nice. thing like the luckily this uh shop in town collector's paradise had like an event you could just go and drop off all your stuff and then we like some artists showed up and would do sketches for like every 20 books they gave they could get a free sketch um but i just gave up a ton of stuff because i just buy everything and collected now right uh and i rescued i think a couple issues out of it that were like of some value but for the most part, I just got rid of everything. All my original comics, like the comics I've had since I was a teenager, are in a shed behind my house, and I'm sure they're ruined. Like it's sort of like, uh, it's like Pandora's Pandora's yeah. shed. Like if I don't open it, they're not ruined. <laughs> they're not covered in silverfish. <laughs> like it's just, I'm sure they're well, fine. Silverfish, oh shit. Now, <laughs> is it a? Is it just a shed? It's not like a heated shed. It's a just- shed. No, it is a shed. It costs uh, $600 on Amazon. It showed up in a big box, and you put it, it's made out of plastic, and it's just out behind my house, you know, doing its thing. But oh, this, this is California, though. Yeah. It's stored in a cool, uncool, dry place. Yes. <laughs> All my Gen 13s are definitely stuck to their bags. Oh, J. Scott Campbell's crying somewhere. Well, I got you. No, he's not. <laughs> That's true. He's not, yeah. He doesn't even remember he made comics. <laughs> also, it's valid. It's valid. <laughs> but really, how much be enjoying his life, though? How much yeah. of this stuff do we really need to take with us? I mean, in, in like well, none King, of it. 
like None be buried we're gonna be, with we're gonna be worm food we don't need yeah to there's maybe uh an arm load of stuff that i would want to take with me maybe a little bit bigger than an arm load take with you where to 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 the afterlife forever okay. forever well, presumably if there is an afterlife you'll have access to all of it yeah, uh, which is true i mean we can, if there's an afterlife we can just talk to jack yo yeah. right you know sit down with Let's jack and, your shit yeah I gotta show you what I, I've been working on. This stuff's great. If we're talking Gen thirteen, I've got Fuck the Stan. greatest Gen thirteen collection. <laughs> it's uh, it's like an essential. They made these weird Wildstorm essentials in like the year nineteen ninety eight. Right when they started making essentials, <laughs> the so like year nineteen ninety eight. The year the year was nineteen ninety eight. There's three Wildstorm books in it. Uh, I mean, that question was such a deep cut. It shows how you are a loyal listener. Yeah. <laughs> I listen. I've been piecing together what Vince does with his books for years. Like I'll sort of hear a little bit about it, and I'm just like, "What is he doing?" Yeah, I'm picturing like in one of your rooms in your house, you have like one of those like FBI profiler maps, like <laughs> strings like, and photos, and yeah, like it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Like I'm just freaking out in there trying to yep. figure out Vince's life. Exactly. I listen. I'm very interested, as you know. I, I ask way more personal questions in person. I don't th- I'm not bringing that to the to the pod. That is true. You you yeah. you, you go in in person. Yeah, they're I the glean, best though. I glean a lot and then I feel like I have I have questions I need answered. And you know what? It speaks to uh how much love I have for you because 99.9% of the people out there I'd be like, "The <laughs> fuck do you care?" <laughs> That's what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> no. No, you, like, it's different. Life punched me in my mouth. No There's questions about his sex life. <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a big teddy bear. I would I wouldn't unless you threaten my kids. I I, I probably would let you get away with pretty much anything. Man, I can't imagine the scenario in which I'd threaten your kids. Seriously, <laughs> never say never. If you fucks with Vinny Beach, you fucks with Death Row. Vinny so. Beach. <laughs> I, does he have a mixtape yet? Like, can we hear this shit? You can go on SoundCloud and see all and awesome. listen to all this stuff. Yeah. Oh my God! I He's, need to do that, dude. It's all. So when you ja. get that tweet blown up, that that's the SoundCloud you can promote. It, it's all Jaw. He loves that. What's his name? Triple Extension or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and I'm like, this music is horrible. Jason, will any of your children freestyle over Vinny's beats? Can you no. get that going? No, no, they're not there yet. <laughs> she gets Colin so, to just go whatever. So here's an interesting thing, fun fun fact about my oldest son Colin. He has an incredible singing voice. Really? And yet because he's a 16-year-old boy with an ego, yeah. will yeah. never ever make that a public thing. Yeah. No. When he kidding. was young, he would sing and we'd be like, "Oh my god, it's so great." And he was in choir and stuff, right? And then he yeah. had to be a preteen and was like, God, oh, this is stupid. I'm not doing this anymore. And now even with, because he doesn't in our high school, I'm sure it's most high schools. You have to either do an instrument or be in the choir. It's, you don't have a choice. And so since he doesn't play an instrument, he's in the choir, but it just breaks my heart because when they do these winter concerts or whatever, he and every other boy in the choir lip sync, they don't even sing. Oh and my God. I, I would get it if, if he just did it. Cause he it, like, he did, but he has such a great voice and, I'll see him walking around the house singing and or rapping, and he sounds great. But uh, it's almost like you can't taunt Happy Fun Ball. Like if I mention something to him, then he doesn't. Then I'll like go with like two weeks without singing. And I want him to sing. I want him to enjoy enjoy music. So, but does he not realize so he, what a chick magnet that is? He doesn't yeah, he see does. it that way. He huh. Let that me way. tell you, I was in choir for the whole time, and I got was oh, you have both tones. I have a voice like an angel, yes. Uh, and uh, I sang at Carnegie Hall 
uh, with oh, my, my goodness. fire when I was a youngster. Practice makes perfect. Before the ball uh, dropped? Yeah. I, I was like a, a tenor. Oh, was that New Year's Eve? I did not go to the New Year's Eve. <laughs> it was a, it was a, like a Tuesday, I think. It wasn't a big, it wasn't a big night. Uh, but yeah, I was in like musicals. I was in like The Wiz. I was in a all, nearly all the white Wiz. production of The Wiz. Michael Jackson. So just The Wizard of Oz. I mean, uh, yeah, I was going to say, wouldn't we call this Wizard of Oz? <laughs> it was funkier. We still had the music. Oh, it's still, it was oh okay, okay. So you eased on down the road, but yeah. you. Okay. It's like a jazzy then, The Wiz. There was an article in the newspaper about the the whitewashed Wiz, and I was at the time I was just like, "That's yeah, messed up." You and realize then, that if you did that now, you'd be accused of cultural appropriation and have yes. no career. I mean, if I did that now, I should be accused of you cultural appropriation. Yeah. <laughs> have a career. It was fucked up. I look back on the article because uh, at the time I read it, and I was like, "How could they say this?" And then I looked at it, and I was like, "Yep, this all checks out." <laughs> no lie, that's a valid point. thing to do. Feel like I see your point, sir. Yeah, it was the you know it was back in the day. We didn't know any better. Everybody mm-hmm. was just trying to figure things out. And I'm lost again. Let's talk about comics. Hey, let's oh, do I have, this. I have questions. This yes. question oh. is a little more broad. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is who who are your so like since Jason Aaron, I've been searching for who my new people are like. Jason Aaron, I feel like, is the last part of a of an era where, like, just motherfuckers were just dope all the time. Like, mm-hmm. just rad people came out all the time. And then I feel like there's been – I mean, you guys have been doing this show constantly. Mm-hmm. So you've been discovering people. But, like, who are, are you 100% going to check out that's newer than that, like, within the last five, ten years? Interesting. It's newer than that, yeah. I'll tell you – I was going to say, because as soon as you started talking, I thought, okay, well – Lemire, Kent, Remender, Jason, but they're all Hickman, but they're all contemporaries, yeah. right? That's the, yeah, that's that era. How yeah. about Al Ewing? Yeah. He's, he's definitely in the hunt, for sure. Yeah. Donnie Cates is in the hunt. Donnie Cates is one of mine. I'll always give him a look. Uh, but for uh, me, it's just uh, Ghost Rider Thanos, uh, God Country, and Baby Teeth. And the other ones uh, I'm okay with, but nothing hits as right. hard as Right, I'm trying to think here. Um, well, like Jason Aaron's like a hundred percent. Any Jason Aaron book I pick up, I'm like, yep, that's fine. Even that Men of Wrath. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna say that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yep. that's fine. I'll take it, hundred percent. Well, I mean, definitely for me, Tom King. Okay, because he he would be newer, right? He would count as newer, yeah. even though he's been at it for a minute. I mean, he he came to prominence later than they did, so um, so he certainly would be included. Um. Wow, that's a tough one. It's a um, it's a it's a very small list. Yeah, yeah. Um, my my always checkouts are Donny Cates, uh, Mark Russell. Although nothing has been as good as Flintstones since Flintstones. It's true. Right. Yeah, it's I true. can't co- I can't co-sign with that. Not that I don't like some of his work, but I I don't think he's a must for me. I, I didn't like I like actively disliked. Snagglepuss and Wonder Twins, and again, no, no disrespect to those people out there that love those. I know pe- some some of our friends and listeners love those books, but for me, I just didn't connect with them. I mm. think me too, but I'm just I love Flintstones that much though. It was like a revelation. I was just like, I'll mm-hmm. check this guy. This guy yeah. bought like this guy bought like six years of books from me with that series. I'll just keep checking them in, like checking out until mm-hmm. I, until it hits again. Like but his, you, you got to uh, ask yourself, like Rage was really good, right? But the fact that yeah. he's at Dynamite, like, what'd you do? 
Well, right. he didn't come from comics, but like bizarrely, I don't know how he ended up on Flintstones, but he's not like a guy that came in from from comics. So like somehow he ended up on Flintstones, and then the rest has sort of like been him sort of figuring out what's what. Yeah, Flintstones has definitely been the peak. Yeah, uh, for sure. So far, yeah. Uh, Tilly Walden. Mm. That's perfect. Yeah, hundred percent. Every, every time, she, she, everything she's done has been magical. And then. Uh, only two things exist besides little golden books, but uh, Lorena Alvarez I'll buy for all time. Yeah, uh, n- night, definitely. Nightlights. N- Nightlights, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so good. So, so good. Yeah, All excellent choices on your part. I think so. There's a section in the Comics Journal, uh, the last one, 304, where Hanselman, they bring up Tilly Walden, and he said, there's a lot of people out there that's like, the fuck Tilly Walden? Like She's like, what, 19? She's in her early 20s now, but yeah. Yeah, and it's like, the, how, how do you get the life experience to, at 19, to translate whatever you've, whatever scant things you've learned in those very short 19 years into these books that are like, oh my God. He's like, how does this happen? Yeah, mm-hmm. she's like, she's like comic game Dakota Fanning. Like, she yeah. just <laughs> turns it on. Somehow she has all this wisdom. Super good. Um, <laughs> and it's like infuriating because she can apparently just crank out a graphic novel in the time it takes me to draw one 20 page. And it's like 400 pages. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, not, I know this isn't what you were asking, but I was thinking about this just the other day, which is that like, I don't understand how Jeff Lemire does it Yeah, because, because he, he's incredible, but he's also incredibly prolific. I mean, he puts out a, fucking ton of comics like non-stop ever like it's like he has five or six books on the shelves yeah. every month and they're all ridiculously good well, like, i was talking about a uh, frog catcher a couple weeks ago and you're like i guess he's got this line of comics that come out from this publisher and i'm just like what he has another deal at another That's place what i'm saying dude he has like deals all over the place like books that he writes and draws like in graphic novel form one place simon and schuster books that he draws monthly image you know, like uh, like yeah, like books books that he writes, writes Dark Horse, Dark Horse, yeah. right? Yeah, you it's, know, like, it's like I'd like to crazy. give Lemire credit, and it's wonderful that he can come up with all these ideas, right? But mm-hmm. he's a writer by trade, which means that's all he does, right? So no, he draws. He he's drawing a book every month. No, but I'm saying the writing side of it. When when you're paid to just come up with ideas and write these books, that's great. But if you look at the average Stephen King novel, right? How many um, concepts are in that thing that would translate into semi to interesting series of comics? Right? They're 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 all idea men. So they they write a story and there are nuggets within I'm talking novelists, right? Stephen King. Mm-hmm. There are nuggets within that that can be if you isolate that little bit, you could translate that into a X amount of series of issue series right the mirror is no different he's just writing a very big novel with all these wonderful themes in it but he's piecing it out to different publishers did you guys read sentient i didn't it's the next book in my, it's sitting in my 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 over uh my messenger bag to be read is, uh sometime soon is that the I tko thing the, the tko yeah yeah uh, yeah I read the first one online, the first issue online, and then I just got the trade today, and it is beautiful looking, and the first issue is so good. Uh, Yeah, I'm very excited about it. I'm not trying to downplay what Lemire does at all, 
But you were a little bit. Uh, like well, it. I didn't try to because I respect the dude, and I think he's just he's great at what he does. You're but like it, basically he's but see, that's the only thing. as good as Stephen King. That's the thing. That's well, why I say like, you say he's good at what he does. But see, that's what I'm always impressed by is that what he does is so varied. I mean, he's 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 maintaining an entire uh, an entire connected superhero universe of his own. Right. He's he's been extremely successful writing mainstream big two superhero books. He puts out every year or two a complete graphic novel that's effectively slice of life with some kind of twist. And then he does a creator owned book or two that run the gamut from sci-fi, like what he's doing with, 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 with dust in the wind to slice of life, to adventure, to fantasy. It's like I, he touches every genre. It's what I always say about Jason Aaron. I mean, the thing about Jason Aaron that's incredibly impressive is that dude is, has hit it out of the park in every ballpark. I mean, whether he's doing his own creator own work, that's gritty crime, or he's doing high adventure, or he's doing pure superhero unabashed, unapologetic, uh, uh, superhero. He just he 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 crushes each each oh, one. Yeah, you know? he's he on can the do ball. Scary. He can do funny. Like yeah, yeah. Two more I'd give you because I'm thinking about this now. Uh, I I don't think I've ever read anything from G Willow Wilson I haven't liked. Okay. Uh, and I don't think I I I know I haven't ever read anything by uh but by, by uh, Mariko Tamaki that I haven't liked. Oh, I don't know anything about either of these people. So I will, I mean I know who they are, but I don't think I've gone in on any of them. So, what, what, like, what do you? What's the first thing you recommend? Well, uh, for G. Willow Wilson, I mean, most of the stuff I've read has been her work at Marvel. Um, although she's doing a book right now, uh, at part of uh, the Burger Karen Burger's collection at Dark Horse <laughs> called Invisible Kingdom. Yeah, um, which we haven't talked about much on the show, but it oh, definitely. Vince and I have. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, now, to be fair, well, let me. You did, but I was. I haven't. I didn't listen to the episode, so I. I wasn't on the episode. But, it's your busy uh, season, I know. Oh, yes. No, what we well, no, I, for? But he, yes, but Jason's right. Miss Marvel, um, and because uh, she, she she's the co-creator of Kamala Khan, and uh, but I think her first wasn't her first thing with Vertigo and Air. Air. Yeah. 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 It's a great series. Uh, and then um, Mariko Tamaki is uh, most of her stuff has been uh, creator owned. I, I think her her the, her. Her best work to date is This One Summer, um, which was drawn by her cousin Jillian. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, that would be where I would start. She just had a new graphic novel called Laura Dean Keeps Breaking Up With Me. Oh, I've got that. Okay, cool. Yeah. She also did um, – she wrote Harley Quinn Breaking Glass, one of those YA books that DC's putting out with uh, Steve Pugh on art, mm-hmm. which for me was the best of these books. I've gotten them all, and I, I, I think a lot of them really aren't for me, but but I think that was the best of the bunch. Um, she, she did um, – um, she also wrote the latest incarnation of She-Hulk for Marvel. Um, That's right. Was it, was it good? I was. I was. Well, I, I'm not like called Hulk, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not a. I, like, I don't know that Jen Walters is exactly my favorite character, so I can't really speak to whether, like, S- Slot was the last time I really, yeah, really fucked with it. Um, she also wrote uh, X twenty three, which I really enjoyed. But but again, her, I think her strength is is her creator own stuff. So I know Laura Dean's. I have it too. I haven't read it yet, but I know it's getting mad love. But but uh, but but this one summer and uh, you set me on fire and um, uh, what's the other one? Um, uh, Skim. So those are all uh, OGNs that she's put out. Um, two of the three of which were drawn by her cousin. But uh, yeah, she's dope. She's cool. super dope. Oh, well, I'm excited to give that a look now. I know it's it's on my regime at home. Nice. 
cinematic in the living room regime with Shannon uh, hates, but I'm slowly making my way through. She's she's lets me keep it out there because I'm like, listen, these are the ones I have to read. <laughs> then the pile in the book room are the ones that I hope to one day read. Mm-hmm. I have piles. piles in like every room. Same yeah. here. Yeah. Living room piles, my for real for realsies pile. Yep. And then yeah, that's interesting. You talk about organization. I have different sub piles of different spots, and like I've got a stack right next to me in where I record. Which the last time I organized my closet, I took all these books out, and these are the ones like I absolutely wanted to read as soon as possible to talk about on the show. But then I have other piles that are stuff that have come in from DCBS in the last few yep. weeks that that I haven't really organized yet and decided what I want to prioritize and what I won't, what I don't. It's 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 a whole thing. If you were yeah, a fly on the wall, you could tell the book that I'm going to go deep on because it's the one right next to my comfy chair in the reading room. Like mm-hmm. I have a recline, I have a room just of book, with no furniture save a recliner right in the middle of the, nice. of the room, and it's got a comfy blanket on it. And <laughs> if, no, if there's a book next to that chair, chances are really good that that's the one I'm going to bring because that should be a Patreon level visit. Vince's the comfy, comfy chair. chair room, yeah, in person I, if you're female. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I went. I got comfy. I did the blankets. Uh, mine is like a. A couch end with the like an ottoman, uh, but this morning I went. I did two volumes of a thing because I was like, I'm gonna talk about this. Tell these fools about this thing tonight. Mm. So similarly, I got comfy, pulled some books off the pile, and, and got into it. You know, I've been slacking. I never even considered an ottoman. Ottoman would really fill out the room. Wow. Yeah. yeah, we could get Bring those. We got those puffs as well, like those little puff balls. Those are nice. They can go in the corner. They're uh, they're unassuming. Mm. Yeah, I got the two puff balls, and I do have a, a seat in an ottoman. Yeah. So my, my my living room pile isn't the that's that's the stuff I'll read if I'm in the living room or there's that, like the stuff I really want to get deep and heavy on that's in my room the the yeah same the living living room stuff is there and and, and I'll read it when I when I want to read it but the living room is a place for where your romance happens and then the, pretty much yeah yeah, hmm. yeah the bedroom Shannon, I don't think I have, I don't have any stuff in the bedroom. Shannon falls asleep on the couch, so I have books nearby just in case she passes out. I can just mm-hmm. okay. more often than not, my living room books are prose and or okay. maybe Marvel or DC. Oh, fancy, huh? Because right? I don't, yeah. I don't have to deal right like if, the if there's kids milling about or the wife is down there. I can, I can. You like milling about? I can read a Marvel <laughs> or DC book, but I save the good stuff for my the Sanctum Sanctorum. And they laugh when I call it that. But it is the Sanctum Sanctorum. Is it wrong that I'm about to go on vacation with my family and the thing I'm most excited about is reading some of these here comics? No. no it's not wrong. No. Not wrong at all. I mean, make sure you clear it for Beth knows. Like, she knows the score, right? You don't have to. Oh, come on, bro. <laughs> I went on. Me and Shannon went to Iceland. And I was like, oh, I'm bringing these books. Like, I brought book books because I'm like, I'm really going to get to sit down and read a comic I can read pretty fast. And I read through like three books, and then we got back, and she was like, "All you did was fucking read." And I was like, oh, "What? Wow. I thought we knew. I thought we understood <laughs> what was going to happen." Yeah, this is per- it, This is the Thanksgiving trip to this to down to Florida to see the the family. Yeah. So it's it's a rest vacation. There's nothing mm-hmm. to be done other than chill out by the pool and stuff. So yeah, it boggles the mind. Like if I was ever in the same room with either of your wives, I would not be reading. Just saying. <laughs> Listen, there's I mean, 15 minutes to take care of that, and then you got a lot of other time. 15? <laughs> uh, I'm Italian. We go about an hour 45. 
<laughs> Please, by all means. <laughs> More power to you, sir. I mean, before. Yeah, yeah I, I, that is very quick. And, uh, <laughs> now, now, do you have other questions, or you want to speak on one of these books you keep telling us about? Uh, let me talk about these books. Well, let's, Vince, you got a book you sat around and read. I don't want to do break into your format. I've oh, no, this is, this, this is free form. I do have a book, but we can, hey, I want to hear we what We have you, a book. We do, but I'm taking it, so. Uh, of course you are. Like, I mean, what, it's a regular week. It's, uh, <laughs> I feel yeah. like David knew you were going to talk because he just left. Oh, he did? Did he yeah, leave? He's, he's going to BRB. He yeah. might have just muted. Maybe. Oh, he might. Yeah, he might. Oh. So, Tony, let's hear what you read. Come on. All right. So this book, uh, it's my new favorite thing, and it's anime – or I mean it's manga. Uh, and the the way I find manga is similar to the way I find hip-hop music. Uh, like it just has to Spotify? be – Spotify? Yeah. No, it has to be completely random because I don't know any young people. Uh, and so like I, I would think I was talking to you about this in New York. Like if I find something, it's either the biggest thing in the world – or I just accidentally clicked on an image that looked interesting, and and then somehow that's found funny because you turned me on to Rhapsody, and she's getting big now. Yeah, well, that was just a picture. I you know what that was? Ninth Wonder producer. I follow Ninth Wonder on Twitter, and he was like, "Yo, I produced this lady," and I was like, "Well, let me see what this is all about." That's how that happened. But similarly, uh, the book that I'm reading right now, I found through Free Comic Book Day. Uh, it was the uh, the Kadansha free sample this year free comic book day it's witch hat atelier you guys know about it uh you're asking no i mean it's not my thing but listen it's gonna be your thing i'm no i mean i I, let me let me rephrase that 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 comes out wrong i it i'm not aware of it because as you know like i am even more like i read the 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 mangas after they're already like historic sold 50 million copies and everybody's read yeah that's true it's called witch hat witch hat atelier a-t-e-l-i-e-r uh, it's by Kamomi Shirahama. Uh, Jason, I think, it, might have I, think, heard about I, think it. I think it's Shirahama, if I'm being fair to. Sure, let's do it. <laughs> you might have heard about it because Kamomi Shirahama, yeah. Because uh, Piscor just hung out with her in his Japanese adventure. Yes, um, that's where the names. Uh, that, I didn't put the two and two together, but yes, okay. Insanely jealous. Like he was just running around doing stuff in Japan. I was like, that's fine, and he's like, oh, I hung out with Kamome Shirahama. Like he, it, it was clear he hadn't even read the comic. I was like, you motherfucker, that's a genius. <laughs> uh, so what this book is is it's. Uh, and when I start to talk about it, you can be like, what the fuck is he talking about? It's these, oh, not me. Uh, this little girl whose name is Coco. And she like she wants to be a witch. It's a world where there's witches. She's a normal person, like a non-witch. Her and her mom go to the market, and this old witch hands her this book of like uh, spells. And she just gets fascinated by it. And the way they deal with like spells in this book is a lot like artwork. So the the way they cast spells is they have to draw like a sigil, and the better you draw it, the better the spell works. No, oh, I'm down. I'm down. I'm done. Have, that sounds good. Yeah. Get ready though. So you have different styles. Like different styles will make it look different ways, and it's so informed as far as like how artists are like in classes or like working, hanging out with other artists. Like they get jealous of how good the other people are, or some people only want to draw the way they draw. They don't want to learn how to draw other things. Like, uh, so it's like super, like obviously this, the woman who draws this is an artist. So she knows growing up being an artist, but it's just Mm -hmm. like, it's very true to that. But 
the real uh, so this girl uh, starts doing magic and she does a spell. The the people that gave her this thing, this book of spells, had like ulterior motives. She does a spell wrong and she turns her mom to stone. Uh, and this Ooh. dude shows up. And yeah, like she's freaking out, obviously, because she's a little girl. This dude shows up and he's like, hey, I can help you out. I run a, a witch hat atelier, uh, which is a, where they make witch hats. But also it's like a school for young witches. So he takes her there and he's like, "You, I can't turn your mom back. It's your spell. You have to learn how to turn your mom back. So he's basically going to teach her how to be a witch. And so it's sort of like a Harry Potter vibe, but it's a much smaller school. It's only like three, four people go there. Um. And they're just learning about how to draw these spells, and like it's all it's it's like wonderful adventure. But here's how it's drawn. I'm sure you like if you've looked it up, you already know. But it's like Jim Chung, yo uh, son, Gabe Rodriguez. Yeah, the first page has a whale on it. Yeah, dude. Uh, like by way <laughs> of don't sigh like that. I did. Why am I begrudging my passion? Yeah, I'm, I'm no, not. like the first few pages of this are are incredible. Uh, and they do that manga thing where it's in color for four pages and then it goes yeah. into black and white so you can sort of remember what it looks like. Uh, but yeah, it's like a Gabe Rodriguez, Jim Chung vibe. Very damn, I'm looking at it now. The, uh, it looks great. The first volume is uh, available on Comixology Unlimited for those of you that are oh, subscribers. No. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah there's, so there's four volumes that are translated now. Uh, there's, there's a few more, I guess, uh, untranslated so far. Uh, it's from Kadansha. Uh, but yeah, the the artwork is so beautiful. Like she's one of my favorite artists. And insultingly, uh, on the back of the volumes, it always says uh, "magical adventure that took Japan by storm" from acclaimed DC and Marvel cover artist Kamomi Shirahama. Like, who gives a shit? She drew DC and Marvel covers. Like, this thing's incredible. She drew covers for Jessica Jones. Fucking, I drew covers for Jessica Jones. This is not the same. <laughs> like, this is some whole other shit. Uh, like it's, yeah, this is beautiful, man. Beautiful. Yeah, you're just, on the like, ball with this one. So graceful. The inks are so like delicate. Uh, it sort of also reminds me of like Prince Valiant. Like and there's in the titties in it. Rounds. There's what? There's titties in it. <laughs> I mean, not titties. a whole lot. No, but still. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's it God, it's beautiful. Change. The line work is it's it's yeah, it's wow, it's, it's beautiful. So the first volume is is like hardcore all kinds of crazy shit's going on and as it goes on i feel like the uh like the grind of of manga uh just being every week i feel like there are some stretches where like it's a lot less wild shit happens but she still gets back to it you know after a little while it's not like she just falls into doing all heads you know for the rest of the series but you can definitely see like the first one she got to really go for it and then there will mm-hmm. be some stretches where she has to do you know, hit your deadlines. Uh, so it's just like, sometimes it's just people talking for a long stretch, but then the, the fourth volume, they go to like this, uh, twisty snake thing where it's like underground. They're inside of a, a snake and gravity's all fucked up. And so like every panel is like in some different perspective and flipped around upside down. And, and there's like griffins that are penguins. It's just great. Uh, highly recommended. And, and like I said, like it could be, everybody knows about it. It could be, nobody knows about it. I don't know. Uh, I gotta say, I have not heard a single person ever mention this book before. Same, Same here. But you know what? You won me over. I'm down. Yeah. I gotta say, dude, I gotta give you the propers because you came with something, and you know, because you listen, it's hard for to come up with a book that all three of us haven't heard of that is uh, is worthy of being heard of. And uh, you may have just you may have just done that. 
Well, thank you. I, you know, I, I don't, I try not to fuck around. I don't want to come here with nonsense. Uh, no I, nonsense. This is, I, this is a non. This yeah. is like an awesome new to me for the Aquascus. This is fantastic. Yeah, no. it's a shame we got rid of the category. I do. <laughs> Seriously, I do see the Jim Chung. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I recommended it to Gabe Rodriguez at Comic Con because I was like, "Yo, you know who draws like you?" I didn't say but better, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd have like, to co-sign that from after what I've it, seen. It's real close. Yeah. Uh, and, he was, and then I saw him at the next convention. He was like, "Yo, that witch hat." So, <laughs> did you did you tell Dragata about this? Because you know he's about that manga life. Uh, I have not. I should text him. I will. Yeah, yeah. Because Rug too. Rug is all about the manga these days. If he's a glistener, well, Rug is going to hear. Uh, I'm sure from the from. The oh, Pisker. right from Fisker. Yeah, yeah. Very yeah. jealous. Oh, so he said on the video where he talked about being in Japan on Combo Kayfabe, uh, or cartoonist Kayfabe, that he there's like an artist edition, and it's driving me. Fucking crazy! The idea that there's an artist edition because it's not like a, a mass-produced artist edition. They did print to demand, print on demand two times, and God it's damn. This gorgeous, gorgeous artist edition-looking thing with like uh, like gold leaf and stuff. And it's impossible to find. Like it's not even on eBay. Uh, like it's not, like there's not even like a one thousand dollar somebody trying to make money on it out there. Like everybody that owns it is keeping it for all time, and mm-hmm. like you can see why. Did this could come up on a copy. Uh, he said that he's, he told her he's going to buy one. So maybe like she has some or something. Mm-hmm. He didn't have, he didn't bring one back with him. So maybe there was a language barrier. I hope if there is a God, he can't get a hold of one. That's all I ask. Mm. Like <laughs> he got to hang out with her and chill out at her studio. Like at least make it so he can't get a hold of this artist edition. Please. I'm so jealous of Piscar. Yeah. <laughs> Not only because of his ability, but because of this Japanese, this Japan trip. Listen, fellas. Tokyo Comic Con. I mean, it's there for the taking. It is. Yeah. I mean, I could be convinced. I looked. It would, <gasps> our, t- our tickets. Our tickets would cost like around eleven hundred a piece. That's not bad. Yeah. Listen, for Japan, it's really not. No. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I mean, I understand this for those listening that I understand that's a lot of money for a plane ticket. But I'm saying, like, to fly to Japan, that is not bad. No. It's, Just to hang with all those beautiful ladies. What? Yes. Well, I don't know anything about that, but just, oh yeah. my god! If there's ever a place that my wife doesn't worry about me flying to, uh, Jesus. Uh, but um, but I, I got to tell you, I I'm I'm starting to like become obsessed with the idea of going to Tokyo. I, okay, I, I I I just think it would be such a magical thing, especially to go with you, Nudniks. Yep. I I would definitely do what the Felix crew did. I would I would I would buy an, an extra suitcase when we got there, mm. and I'll fill it with all measure of. Of of toy and and comic mostly well, I, like, I watch about all this like there's the whole video at Biscor brought all this stuff back from Japan and like I'm on the one hand I'm like that's so cool but on the other hand I'm like I can't read it you know like you that just doesn't matter I guess I want to really, really read it though you know like I, I don't know how to read well no see I'm I'm with because I when when uh, in high school and I went to Italy for a week I did I still have them in the stuffle bag right here I I have Italian anthologies and you know tits and all and 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 they're drawn beautifully but i can't read a word of them yeah a good portion of my collection is unreadable i mean i have manga right a whole bookcase that i i will well i can ask mia to translate it for me but that's no fun but certainly not the disgusting shit you get up to oh no she <laughs> yeah, she would but she'd be like dad why are you reading this crap but yeah. you know um 
Tony, are you are you have you read all four translated volumes? Yeah, yeah, I finished nice. the last. I was like halfway through three, and I read all of three and four this morning just to just so I just in case it got horrible. You know, is like it just halfway the through three? Does it I mean, does this have some like Harry Potter influence to it? Uh, no. I mean, if you're doing a shorthand, you can say like it's like Harry Potter. If it's like Harry Potter, it's like Hermione at Hogwarts, like that shit. So like, if you like that okay. shit. You know, like learning about stuff, and really, like, it is like if you've ever taken an art class, Vince, you're gonna pick up on stuff like little things that are so well observed. Nice. Just about like about like being ashamed of how you drew a thing. Like, there's somebody that like doesn't like to draw in front of other people, so like they get into like a a situation where they need him to do magic, and he can't because he just like can't draw when people are looking at him. You know, mm. and it's just like oh. Now, like even if that's not you, like there was somebody like that in your class. Yeah, it's the real mm-hmm. world. Yeah. I'm 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 in. I'm gonna get this. Well app. done. That's uh, I propers to you. Thank you. Thank you for the edification. Yes. Uh, it sort of remi- it reminds me of uh, of Nightlights. Uh, that similar vibe, Lorraine Alvarez Nightlights. Yeah, I couldn't get these fools to read that. So. Oh, oh my god. Listen, if you need a cosign, I will cosign. Those two books are my two favorite books of probably the last at least year. Wow. Like. The, the two favorite things I went and bought her silly ass like little golden books, you know, like the little prince and the secret garden and stuff. Just because I was like, I gotta see what else this lady's doing. Yeah, I I thought Nightlights w- was like a twenty out of ten. Yeah, uh, Hickety, I and I enjoyed, but did like, it bother you that Bjork was in it? It didn't. It didn't help. <laughs> it took, me, it took me right out. I was well, just like, yeah, <laughs> it didn't help. I, well, Bjork I makes everything really, better. I, I yep. really liked Hickety. The artwork was was astounding. I thought that I connected more with the with Nightlights just story wise, but 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 I love Ticket T. I mean, I talked about both on the show, so I'm not going to say I didn't like it. But but yeah, she she's but but her artwork is just absolutely phenomenal. The way that Nightlights takes what it's like to be a creative person and an artist, and then turns it into an adventure, similar in this, and also also incredibly drawn. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. In that she's way, from Colombia. She's Colombian. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, MVP. Nice. What else we got? Well, I have something that Jason also read, and I'd love to it's talk. Almost about like he's it. disappointed that I read. No, it. I'm 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 very <laughs> very happy that you read this, but I'm a little leery because I don't know. I I I think it's in your wheelhouse. You say this every time I read something that you're sure. excited. About. All right. Like, well, let's just talk about it. it. It's uh, Algernon Blackwood's The Willows. Published by uh, Floating World Comics, it has been adapted by Sam Ford and no, illustrated by Sam Ford and adapted by Nathan Carson. Yes. Now, as a as a fan of Lovecraft, I'm aware of this story. I've never read the prose version of it, but because Lovecraft called The Willows the finest supernatural tale in English literature, I've always been on the hunt for a copy, but I like I said, I've never really read. Um, the prose version. What um, Carson does is he swaps the gender of Blackwood's original protagonist. In the, in the original story, it's two guys. In the Willows comic from Floating World, it's two women. And uh, never having read the original, I think it works really well as a female-centric piece. Because uh, you have two ladies, one of which comes from money, the other comes from anything but money. 
Uh, you have Hala. She's known as the Swede. Hala. She's a fisherman's daughter. And when you, as a woman, when you inject yourself into a position like that, you have to compete with the men. So Hala is very large and very strong and very stoic. She is a staunch proponent of um, female rights. Uh, what the, with this being 1907, females, uh, the ladies didn't have all that much rights back then, but she is far ahead of her time. Uh, and then you have Opal. Opal was born with a silver spoon in her mouth. She's the daughter of a Victorian-era British aristocrat. She married an older dude who died, and so she inherited his wealth. Uh, she's a pragmatic lass. Uh, she's a thinker, but um, she's grounded in rationality, okay? So Opal's 25, Hala is 29. And um, in the back matter of this book, there's a story called um, Well Met in Bohemia, which details how Opal and Hala met and what led to the journey they go on in the Willows, uh, all of which was created by Carson. And... Uh, he does a good job of linking their backstory to significant instances in the Lovecraft mythology. Like at one point, Opal claims she opened the Necronomicon. And it also touches in, on the movies, like it's a book bound and in, in, uh, made of human flesh, bound and blah, blah, blah. So um, he, he establishes that these two characters are linked to the Lovecraft mythology, but not within his adaptation of the Willows. That happens later in the back of the book. So you have two ladies, Opal and Hala, and they decide to take a trip by canoe down the Danube River, which may not sound like all that big of a deal, right? Canoe, river, not so much, but there's a stretch of the Danube between Vienna and Budapest that is nothing but mile upon mile of swampland surrounded by this vast sprawl of willow bushes. Um, in areas, the river becomes so rough that the water quickly erodes the land, like islands form and disappear seemingly overnight. Even worse at one point, the Danube splits into three tributaries, which eventually rejoin 100 kilometers after the fact. So they're buying supplies in Pressburg, which from research I've learned is in Slovakia. And they're warned not to attempt the journey. There's this old guy and he's like, don't do it. You're friggin' crazy. You'll never do it. It gets the water's rough to begin with, and then when it splits, if if you if you take the wrong channel and the water level drops, you're gonna find yourself stranded miles away from anyone. You're not gonna have any food. And the girls they mock the guy. And and to make matters even worse, they mock the the shopkeeper who reinforces what the guy says. She's like, no, you don't want to do this. This is just crazy. So they, they set out on the Danube, and the traveling is rough, but the river kind of has a mind of its own. The wind is kicking up, uh, the water's rising, and it's becoming increasingly forceful. So they decide to, to, 
make land uh, and camp for the night. And that's where things start to get weird very quickly. From the time they set foot on land, Opal has this overpowering sense of of, uh, of dread, uh, foreboding. She, she, she passes her feelings off as just a product of the atmosphere. Like, this is a really strange place, and the willows are shaking in the breeze, and they're making this sound, and it's just, it's just all this stuff that's bearing down on me, right? Um, Hala gathers whatever firewood she can find, and she believes she stumbled on the, a, a corpse, the the bloated body of a man in the water. And she's like reaching out to, to get this man. Why you would reach out to a bloated corpse in the water is beyond me. But she, she reaches for the body and it and she's like, oh, it's an otter. It 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 somehow, whether it's a trick of her mind or whether it's really an otter, that's the ambiguous part. Um so they have a laugh. Ha ha ha. It's an otter. We were scared, you know, whatever. Uh, but their 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 laughter is interrupted by an old man in a flat bottom boat screaming down the Danube, like what the hell? And and they're like, why is this old man alone on this flat bottom boat going down the Danube? He's like he's insane, and he makes the sign of the cross and he disappears in the foam and the froth of 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 this like savage current, you know. Uh, so they again they pass it all off. They they kind of make excuses for it. And they turn in for the night, you know, knowing full well that the island on which they're sleeping is shrinking in the mil- in the, the waters eroding the island. But, you know, what are they going to do? They got to they got to sleep. But Opal can't. She can't sleep at all. So she heads out into the night and she witnesses this giant twisting column of like undulating intertwined bodies i'm not saying human bodies just forms of of some organic things um she she can't exactly discern what they are but she believes that she and and hala have disturbed something their their presence on this little piece of land has garnered the attention of something Something that rational thought can't explain, but she again, she's a uh, she's very pragmatic. She passes it all off. It's oh, it's a hallucination. It's a product of the environment. I'm just, I'm 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 out of my element. I'm seeing things that just aren't there. But but is it there? Is, you know, it appears again, and so she screams and she runs and she throws herself into the tent. And the wind, all the whole while, the wind is like rah, there's there's sounds coming from the wind. Human, well, not human sounds, but sounds that can be con- conceived as coming from some kind of a, a a a being, right? And the wind is moaning and groaning, and things can be heard circling the tent, and things are bumping on the on the the fabric of the tent and and pushing it. And Opal cringes and Hollis sleeps, right? So daylight comes, and opal's mood is even darker some of their food is gone the canoe has a big ass hole in its side and the weirdest thing it seems like the willows have moved closer to the tent think how does that can't be we know it was dark maybe we didn't see you know the landscape accurately how can it 
a willow bush move closer to the tent, you know, and and there the land around the tent is pockmarked by these little circular divots in in the land. Um so they need to get off the damn island, right? But Hala believes they should stay another night. And that's when she reveals her true thoughts. Opal had the same thoughts, but she didn't want to voice them because that would make them real, you know? And they think that whatever it is that's generating all this interest in them may not allow them to leave. Like Opal clings to this idea that nature is the culprit. No, it's just a bad storm. The wind's whipping up. The, the, it's making the river do crazy things. It's all nature, right? But Hala believes that by being on this little piece of land, they've somehow transgressed against these old gods. And the answer to what they've done or who they've attracted is neither. And to find out what they attracted, you're going to have to read The Willows for yourself. Because I don't want to spoil the ending. Because it's, oh, okay. it's, it's awesome, right? But in, in, in terms of the art... This um, Sam Ford guy, Tony, picture S. Clay Wilson and, yeah, Tom, looking at it. and Tom Sutton by way of Beset and Totalman from Swamp Thing. There are, if someone came to you and said, okay, I want you to illustrate the inconceivable, something that the mere eyesight, you know, the, the mere sight of, would cause your fragile human brain to snap and crack. I want you to illustrate that. Like, what, what would you do? Yeah, you know? I'm looking at this at this overhead shot of the river with the with the birds flying over top of it. And mm-hmm. the, it's insane. And all the women in it, and it's uh, uh, they're like uh, Gustav Klimt. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. But it he, sort of reminds me of two. Uh, what's homegirl's name that works at? Uh, periscope studios she was gonna do the uh vision volume two. Oh, oh, oh yeah 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 Shoot. she does like those super good lord of the rings drawings all the time well hmm anyway yeah keep going you were describing it better than me but it so he takes something that's inconceivable and makes it slightly less so which doesn't sound like much, but to to take the the whole goal of a lot of Lovecraft's uh, fiction is that the human mind can't cope with the things that they're experiencing, so therefore they go mad. Yeah. And, and as as a creative person, if someone came to you and told you to take the things that we cannot conceive and make them marks on paper, you'd be like, the fuck, how could I possibly do this? This Sam Ford character does this in this book, which yeah. which boggled my mind that th- there are things in this that make no sense, but they look damn good on paper. So therefore, I I, I wish uh, I got to take issue with the cover because it's not anywhere near as good as what's inside. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just like, if I saw that cover, I don't know that I'd look, but if you see this page that that Gustav Klimt page, you're just like, oh shit, this is like a serious talent, you know? Like the right. cover is is fine, but like it's I don't think it's no, it should be better. Well, originally this was published in single issue form, I believe, and mm-hmm. this uh, I think it, it was two issues. Right, two, two issues. Two, yeah. 
Um, and I'm guessing that was the cover of one of the issues, which again, oh, it yeah, doesn't. I'm looking, at, I'm looking at issue one. Is there a, is there a trade? Yes. Right. And, and it yeah, it just it just has one of the uh, starry eyed denizens of this. What? Well, all right, I'll, I'll sell it a little more. They enter a space where an alternate dimension, the veil between our dimension and this alternate dimension, is very very thin, and these things can pass through or at least see through to do work their little. Um, magic on our side and it's it's i mean it's typical lovecraft but it's not it's algernon blackwood he's another one of those weird fiction uh writers that that there was a little seemingly little camp of these guys um and it's it's i thought it was wonderful because i had no recollection of either of these guys i've never read any anything by by uh um Carson and I've never seen anything illustrated by Sam Ford. It's like one of those things. Like, how the hell did these guys escape yeah. my notice for so long? Because the, the while the figure work is very exaggerated, the otherworldly stuff is just freaking incredible. The the delicacy with the blacks and and the 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 whites is just. I thought it was one of the better things I've experienced. You know, this year, this is going to be somewhere on my eleven o'clockers. And Jason, what did you think about it? Yeah, so I thought it was. So I, I, I didn't even know this existed until you mentioned reading it. Um, and then I thought, oh, it'll be fun. Let me see if I can cop this on the quickness. And thanks to Amazon Prime, I got it in day. And then I read it and said, oh, Vince, by the way, I read it. Um, I mean, I think you, you. I mean, I certainly agree with the with the synopsis from a narrative perspective. And I definitely think in reading this, the, the visuals by Sam Ford are the, are the triumph here. Um, I mean, there are, there are pages that are just absolutely stunning and you could look at for 20 minutes. Um, and I just, I in particular found the, the, some of the choices he makes in terms of playing with like the, like when he, when he shows us the river and the tributaries and then it kind of, it, it morphs into, you know, something organic. I mean, like just, just the choices he makes are fascinating and the level of li- I mean, the line art, the detail in on some of these pages is, I, I can't imagine how long it took him to draw some of these, right. like the one where she's curled up in the fetal position and the snake and the, like, like, I mean, there, there's, there's 80,000 lines on that page. I, I like, I don't even know. It's, it's, it's almost baffling to think that he could have done that. Um, I think if I have a a, a nit about the art, art, it's just that I, I don't think the figure work is as close to compelling as everything else that he lays down on the page. Yeah. Um, but then again, that being said, then again, maybe that's by design or fitting because, as you know well, Vince, I think that Blackwood and 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 uh, you know Lovecraft and those guys, like in many cases, the humans in the story were were by design just sort of no, they're, for... they're insignificant they're specs. yeah, so, yeah. So, so so maybe that's all part of it and that would be kind of cool if that is point the point um i did find it interesting and you led with this that he that uh that in the adaptation here that nathan decides to go, f- go tr- turn them into females and also um in reading a little bit about the source material he doesn't just turn them into females. He also gives them a much more robust oh, yeah. uh, uh, backstory and history. 
um, which is an interesting choice. Um, I think they he more than implies that they're lovers, but he doesn't come out and show it, and that also seems in line with this because Lovecraft never really showed over sexuality. No, but and, I wish he did because there's there's one sequence where uh, Opal grabs Hala's face, mm-hmm. and they're very close, and I'm like, why couldn't you just go the extra distance and confirm the thing that we think we already know. Um, uh, so I'm a sucker for the, the romantic angle. Mm-hmm. I know, big surprise, right? But to to just set it in stone and confirm it would have been, it would have just taken one panel. Sure. They're, they're two ladies on a, on a quest together. They're sleeping in the same tent. They're, they're together for days and weeks and months why not like you just don't do that with a casual acquaintance mm-hmm. you know so yes it's almost confirmed but it would have been nice if they set it in stone and just showed me you know just a peck on the cheek would have been great because it is 1907 that would be strictly verboten in that time they would have been looked down as you know persona non gratis they'd be they'd be freaks and it, it, that would add immeasurably to the tale for me because Hala is she's a suffragette. She left her country because they they imposed laws that were not too kind to women. So she just got out. She just left. Like she's right. s- super strong. And um, how many people back then would just pick up sticks and go somewhere else because she they didn't like the way things were going down in their home country? Like almost no mm-hmm. one. No, I thought yeah. this was phenomenal. Yeah, and and so so I think from a, the other thing too is I think visually adapting work like this is a tricky thing because um, and and admittedly you can tell me if you disagree I I'm, I'm speaking about this more from an academic understanding of Lovecraft and his peers than an actual consumption of it but the little I have read of these guys' work and from what I understand about the school of it uh, really a huge part of it is the 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 wordsmithing getting yes. lost in the flowery mm. incredibly illustrative language itself and i think that's probably why that this school of of writing is a very divisive thing because only a certain subset of readers can let themselves fall into love of words themselves right now i'm of that camp so i actually have always thought that i probably enjoy lovecraft I just never really committed to to getting into it um he's very i flowery. think yeah, I think that that uh, that Nathan does a pretty good job there because uh, I do think it would be dis- fair to describe this book as a wordy comic at points. Yeah. But how could it not be given the source material? And it does seem, based on the way it's written, I'm guessing there are certainly a lot of things pulled directly from the prose. And it does convey that sense of very flowery, ornate um, – uh, complicated language. Uh, as you know, Vince, I love big words, and this is full of them. Uh, so, I, yeah, there was a lot to like here. Um, I, I I am just absolutely taken with, with the illustrations. Uh, um, absolutely. It's, 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 uh, I, I don't know how long it took to draw this book, but I have to think it took quite a bit of time. Yeah, it's a tough so. job, but I think Ford pulled it off. Yeah, and it's a pretty yeah. straightforward. I mean, it's a, for as uh, for as avant-garde and out there as the visual narrative is. It's a fairly 
straightforward story as you described. I mean, mm. two women on an adventure got down the Danube and they come across a place that makes them have either whether it's hallucinations or whether it really is this other dimension where the others are piercing the veil. Uh, you know, that's I guess subject to interpretation, but 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 it, but for whatever reason, the reason their minds are being fucked with. And we're seeing what's happening to them in their minds, and it's um, and, it, yeah, it was great. It's and a pretty quick a, read, uh, maybe. Uh, maybe well, the visuals because, aren't right. I mean, the, the the narrative itself. If you just wanted to read what happened, you could get through it pretty quickly. But yeah. that would be doing a, a disservice to the visuals. But uh, there's a, an undercurrent, pun intended, that their emotions are alerting whatever it is to their presence like this thing is actively searching for them and at Mm -hmm. one point opal who seems to be while her religious bent is not specified she calls hala a pagan and she gets in her face and that as soon as she calls her a pagan and she she flies off the handle that's when this entity or entities notice where they are and shit goes a little bit south but the gist of lovecraft and his contemporaries in that that weird fiction bent is that humans are insignificant Uh, you may think that you're the center of the universe and and your whatever your mindset and your desires and your wants and your loves and your your hates all that shit is very very important but there are things that exist in the cosmos that you are a mere dust speck to them. That's the entirety of Lovecraft. The the human thing is insignificant. You don't mean a da- you, you don't mean anything. And and this story I think pretty much illustrates that very mm-hmm. well. So I mean it 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 is in the weird fiction camp. The the ending is entirely ambiguous. You could you could basically write your own after story. Um, and you probably wouldn't be all that wrong. So I, I think it was a wonderful book. Uh, Floating World Comics uh, titled Algernon Blackwood's The Willows. Sam Ford on art. Nathan Carson on, on uh, words. It's it's worth your attention, I think. I agree. Neither of these guys appear to be on Twitter or Instagram. Right. It they, drove me crazy. Both yeah. on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, but Facebook seems to be more of like a personal thing, not like a promotional thing. So you just have to hopefully run into their comics again someday on your own. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, Floating World is in my running for Publisher of the Year. I'll be totally honest. With the all-time comic stuff and then this, mm, it's going to be tough. Mm. Yep. Note it. I'll give them a look. There you go. What else do we have? Come on, people. Jason, do you want to talk about Terry Moore? Oh, uh, sure. I mean, we've been going uh, for a long time. Yeah. Well, well, you. So by way of background, uh, Tony hit me up and said that he heard my thoughts on um, on five. Well, on Strangers in Paradise 25 and then five years. And you said that uh, you pre-sold it by saying you thought we were largely of the same mind, um, but then suggested we both come into this caught up and. With that in mind, I, I did read Five Years Number Five. Um, uh, five Years Number Three. What's is it? Five or three? Five. Three, right? It yeah, is five, five, right? Yeah, yeah. Five, uh, five Years Number Five, and um, I will say that it was a dope as fuck issue. 
Yeah, it's really uh, the thing that I was most upset about with the Strangers in Paradise anniversary is that all I want from Strangers in Paradise is Francine and Kachu together, yes, yes. doing shit, and they uh, incredibly no together. Yeah, yeah in- incredibly, he did a whole anniversary miniseries, t- ten issues, and they were together maybe ten pages, uh, and now he's breaking them up again. But like this shit has been very good, uh, much better. And, but I just, <sighs> I don't know, like. The, the issues are good. These issues are good, and it's built on, like, it's built from the Strangers in Paradise 25th anniversary. Uh, what the premise is, is when you get to the end of Strangers in Paradise 25, there's this big thing that's going to happen, and it could end the whole world, uh, and there's only five years left. And Kachu says, I'm just going to stay with my family. Fuck it. This is what I'm going to do for five years. Like, I'm going to do this. And they're in, like, a paradise. They're in an island. They, it's just, like, Kachu, Francine, they're two kids. And then, like, some uh, uh, Francine's mom and an aunt and uh, motor girl's there. And she keeps an eye on them for some reason. Uh, but they're just going to hang out. And now it's gotten to the point where Kachu's got to jump back into action, which uh, we shall see. But uh, I, the whole time I'm just waiting for, like, Francine to go, well, we're going with you. Like, that's what I want to see. I want to see those two together. And now they got kids, and the kids are great, too. Like, I want to see them all together all the time. And I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I think after this fifth issue of five years, I've gotten for what this is, which is basically Terry trying to do yet another genre where, I mean, the fifth issue is basically a Mission Impossible movie. Yeah, like like they're like it's them in motion trying to stop this. As as for those that don't remember my dis- last discussion, five years refers to the fact that the technology that um, that uh, led to the incident in um, Echo in Echo, yes, um, has been claimed by Lilith, who's the evil witch from from Rachel Rising. And she has sold that technology to the highest bidder or multiple bidders across the world. So basically giving lots of countries the power to have a weapon so powerful that it, it dwarfs nuclear power, nuclear bombs. But but as we know from the comic, the problem is if any of them use it, it's going to literally cause the end of the world. And so they decide they have roughly five years to stop this all from happening, to stop the end of the world. And this comic follow-up five years is basically them on this mission. And I got to say, it started a little slow, but this fifth issue, I mean, they are, they are just taking care of business. I mean, they, they, they are all around the world taking care of business in every which way you want to see in a cool spy flick. And I thought, okay, okay, cool. But to your point, I still am a little reticent because I stick by what I said on the last time I talked about this, which is that I, I do wonder – slash worry that this is Terry going back to the well because all his other shit didn't sell. And then secondly, you hit on it, which is that I just, the reason that strangers in paradise is so magical to so many of us is because of, of, because of, of, of the relationship, the relationship. Yeah. And, and I like, I'm not seeing it. Like I'm not seeing it. And it's like, come on, man. Like that's what we want. I, I almost, well, I would almost have preferred, 20 issues of them just chilling at the house, yep. teaching the girls about 
life and the birds and the bees and going to an amusement park and shit. Like I like so 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 I don't know. Like I'm liking this, but selfishly, it's not what I ever would have dreamed for when if you had told me he was going to revisit these characters. Well, like so, if you go back to Strangers in Paradise, did you did you guys read Strangers in Paradise? Oh, Jason? religiously, yeah, yeah. David did, but he didn't read the end because he doesn't want to. No, 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 no. I, I barely. Oh no, Renee it. didn't. Ren- yeah, right, Renee. right, right, right. And uh, Vince, it's not for you, right? Oh, I read it. Yeah, I, I love the art, but yeah, yeah, you know the the when you get through the first miniseries, there's no Parker girls, there's no intrigue, espionage, there's like no prostitution. There's like. Kachu's done some dark shit and she beats up that guy real bad, but it could just be a normal, like, girls in Texas you know, story, and then after that I feel like he, it's our sort of first glimpse into Terry Moore going like, well shit what are we going to do now? Mm -hmm. And so then it becomes like, it's Parker Girls, it's like all the stuff that's super dark uh, and and then it, compl- it almost seems out of nowhere, you know, like just like it's a story about these two girls who are sort of like one likes the other one and the other. It's very 90s, like they're lesbians and one just can't like can't get herself into that place. I mean, I guess she's bisexual. I don't know. I am a 40 year old white man. I don't know anything. <laughs> but uh, a lot of what I do know sort of comes from this, you know, from like reading these characters when I was a teenager and just sort of like getting to know you know, like, you know, when I'm 15, 16 years old, I'm reading this book and it's like this book and Howard Stern is all a motherfucker knows about lesbians, you know, like, (laughs) and clearly like, it's just another, you know, old white dude telling me about it too. So like, I'm sure it's not correct, you know, like, but, but still it's like, you know, either I'm going to think about it one way or I'm going to think about it this way where it's like a human engaging story. Uh, Mm -hmm. and, one of my favorite all-time comics, Strangers in Paradise. Uh, but I always like the relationship stuff better than I like the other stuff. And I feel like as he went on, he got better and better at doing the other stuff too. Um, except he, like I was talking about uh, with Witch Hat, like because of the demands of the like uh, periodical marketplace like he has to sell a book all the time i feel like that fucks him up a lot of the time uh like i thought rachel rising was like his strongest thing since strangers in paradise until he just had to decide to wrap it up in five issues or whatever it was like you read it to the end right Mm -hmm. yeah do you you like you can tell exactly when that point is where he's just like well okay and it's just like it's paced beautifully, like it's a mystery, and the characters are so great. And then just like all of a sudden, there's like boom, 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 we're done. And doesn't it lead you to feel because? And maybe this is again, I could just be projecting because we know well, you know better than than us as as a creator. But it, it, you know, the reality of today is that there are lots and lots and lots of books, both Marvel and DC and creator owned, that yeah. start and either have a longer intended ending or arc or have an open-ended arc and they just end abruptly because sales just don't justify keeping it going. And maybe because we live that life, I'm looking for that in this, but I I felt the same thing. I thought, okay, well, so Rachel rising, he's wrapping it up because the numbers just are at a point where he's like, all right, well I got to move on here. And and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe he always intended for it to be like that long. I don't know. But no, I feel like there was an article where he said, 
like he'd originally said it's going to be this long, and then he came out and said like, "Hey, we got to wrap it up." Okay, okay, yeah, and so and and I think as you know, I mentioned on our Facebook group that uh, the 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 solicit for an upcoming issue uh, indicates that David is back, and, and 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 well, at least it hints at it. Now I don't know if it's a. And I and I said on our on our group, I said if if that is accurate, if 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 David is not dead, I, I'm I'm pretty much like like straight Lowry's box of yeah. salt, like like because when you talk about the emotional moments of the original Strangers in Paradise, like David's arc is it, like that is the that's the tragic part of it. So I I I, I don't understand how he could be alive. Like then we're then we're into some like Sydney Bristow like spy TV show shit where like nobody's actually ever dies and they're all like secretly living other lives. Like it just doesn't make sense to me. So, well, but they brought in the Rachel rising of it all. So there is like my Malai. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so the, it's no, basically I understand. like, Lazarus oh, he could justify, sure. He could justify yeah. it, but, but yeah, you would really have to earn that shit for me as well. Yeah. Like, it would have to be a, a real barn burner <laughs> for me to be like, all oh, right on David's back. He's just in the adventure now. I I I feel like it's going to be a flashback, or it's going to be like a, you know, uh, like that issue of the Good Place, <laughs> where the or the not the Good Place, the Good Fight, Good Wife. Nobody. Well, they never seen never no, seen any the, of them. The, the Good Wife is the original show. The Good yeah. Fight is the new CBS All Access CBS, spinoff. The, the Black. I have I've not seen any of these shows. So, uh, in the Good Wife, uh, the dude from Dead Poet Society is like her her boyfriend, and he gets shot, and then spoilers then he comes back for one episode but they couldn't get the dude so it's just like he's in like clouds and stuff all the time she's talking to his ghost when yes. you say dude from dead to post you're about the guy that kills himself uh, uh, oh the guy from sports night um yeah. josh charles josh charles correct the other uh, one the, he has like, oh not, okay so not the guy that yeah. kills himself okay not, not, not the dan rydell from sports night yep yes got it yeah, if it's something like that where it's just like David is is there in spirit, fine, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I agree with you though. It's like it, that's a real serious thing. The like the life and death of David Quinn. It, yeah, and I'm I'm definitely fun. conflicted. Like I said, I'm conflicted because I I want my man Tony to get paid. Yeah, uh, I want him to make that paper. This is how he makes his living. Terry, I res- I respect. T- not t- Terry. I'm talking. Yeah, Terry. Uh, I respect that. He has created these characters, and he if they're his to use, and he owns them lock, stock, and barrel. I think his creator-owned work has always been immeasurably better than his non-creator-owned work. So I want to see him keep doing it, and and I I also visually love his art cartooning, so I'm happy to see him doing a regular book for sure, even if I'm not crazy about every element of it. But all that said, like if you're going to give it to me, yeah, I'm also going to have to come at you with the, with the realness and – that's gonna. I'm a, I'm a little side eye about some of it. Well, what I think, uh, as I mean, obviously he's been way more successful than me. Like he's a he's a brilliant. All that said, uh, his like the way that he puts books out, I feel like is old timey, and he and he there's a whole market out there that he's not reaching. And like he got close to it when they did those Strangers in Paradise pocket books around the mm-hmm. same time as like the manga explosion. That's how I read it, by the way. I read it in yeah. the pocket book form. That's my favorite format for it too. Like I like a smaller book than a than a bigger book, but I love that those were like, you know, t- whatever, twelve, twenty issues mm-hmm. and a chunk. Uh but like how come there's not uh Echo pocket books? How come there's not Rachel Rising pocket books? Like that seems like 
those kind of books you could sell to the people that read manga way easier than you could sell to the people that read hardcover and stuff. Like I look in the back of these comics and he's always advertising like a hundred fifty dollar Strangers in Paradise collection for like who doesn't have it all that's reading this book, you know, like I just don't like I feel like it's it's like he's advertising to a smaller and smaller group of people. Like the the people that are going to buy high ends, like he's trying to get the big money instead of just like getting steady all the time money. Like there right. should be there should be imprint pocketbook collections of like Echo, Rachel Rising, fucking Motor Girl was great. I think it's my favorite thing he's done besides Strangers of Paradise. Like such a surprise, uh, and like because it looks so silly, and then and I I thought it was great. Although the title is dumb and the covers are dumb. Aside <laughs> <laughs> from that, uh, yeah, yeah. Like I don't know her name. I see her in this thing, and I just go, "There's Motor Girl," uh, and those, and because like I don't know what you call it though. But like, if if you handed me that book, I'd be like, maybe. But then you tell me the premise of it, where it's about somebody who was a prisoner of war, and they picture this gorilla everywhere, and it's he's like their comfort, you know, like hallucinate hallucination, and then they can either get better and lose their best friend or not get better and hold on to it. And then real weird shit starts happening and they don't know yeah. the hallucination also like super good idea. But, but that then like, that's when I make my own stuff, I think about it in terms of that, like that's a, a manageable chunk there. I can get that whole thing done. And if the money runs out or whatever, like it'll get done. Uh, and I, and I feel like Terry's so good at like sequential ongoing shit that, he runs into this thing where like, well, okay, well this one's going to take 20 issues. And it's like, well, who's there for issue 17? You know, like I will be, but how many are like, you know, you'll buy it. How many of us are there? Yeah. I don't know. Right. I mean, I, I assume enough, right. I mean, just, like, apparently just enough, just enough. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like just, the, just the right amount that he can do it for a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I would love to, <laughs> like I would just love to like Robin has done an incredible job of running this whole thing for all this time and te- like those two together like I can't I can name like maybe four people that have done creator own comics like they've done it on their own terms you know the whole time mm-hmm. but I also look at it and I go like there's a bunch of different like avenues that I feel like aren't that you, you could easily you have the content just stick it in that lane you know like sure like bone made bone money and then they colored it and made bone money again. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I feel like there's a color strangers in paradise money out there, but Do you know how many versions of bone I own in this house. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah every time. Yeah. But I mean, I guess the investment to color whatever 15 years of comics is probably pretty heavy. But if it like, if I'm a small press publisher or just like an investor or something, you just go like, I'll pay for that. There's money there. Like, if you told me I could get Color Strangers in Paradise, I don't even care that much. And I'd be like, yeah, I'll buy that, sure. Like, Same, I'm, yeah. I'm very, very happy with the versions I got. If you told me it was coming in color, I would buy that all over again. And I feel like it would give him the sort of, like, that passive income that he needs to be able to keep cranking out new stuff. Because it does, this does seem like, you know, like, is this, is he going to have to continue playing with these characters? Is it going to be fucking Kevin Smith, you know, where it's just... Uh, you see these same characters pop up over and over again, and like what, like what else you got to say? I want to see his red state. Yes, yeah, no, I mean exactly. I, I 
it's it, it is weird because a lot of this sounds like we're not separating the art from the from the from the economics, but uh, I just because it is so much about him in every facet. I mean, it's how he makes his living. It is him in every every piece of it is him. It, it's just hard not to think about what it all means. And when you're reading it and you're feeling the tug of it narratively, I think that's it's hard just hard to think there's not something to it. it just, yeah. It's I just can't read this and not think like, oh well, okay, so like it. And again, it's been enjoyable. I mean, I'm happy that it's out. I'm happy that it, I'm happier that it exists than it doesn't. Yeah. But I still do keep finding myself saying, "Oh, okay. Well, so he's like he's he's going for the payday here. I hope he's not doing it just because he needs to do it. Like I'm hoping he's not like this. To me, is kind of like Dap will understand this. This is like the the how Vince with WrestleMania just just keeps going back to the world with the old timers because yeah. it keeps working. And yeah. like creatively, you're like, oh god, like really, like like we got to watch these old fo- old dudes come back and and do a program. It's like how 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 ridiculously uncreative is that? But then the answer is yeah, but it's it's getting in their big payday, and I that's kind of what I feel about this. It's like Terry's like, all right, well, fuck it, I'll just take all these characters I've created over the last ten years and throw them in with 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 Kachu on an adventure, and that'll sell. And like, I hope there's more to it than that. Like, I hope but, this was always an organic idea he had, not just like just an all-star team that he hopes sells enough to pay off the mortgage. I feel like if 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 that is what he's doing, he's missed a step or two. As well. like, he's so good at so many things, but I don't feel like marketing and like selling a book is one of them. Like, if you were doing that, why would you call it five years? Like. Mm-hmm. If it's the abstract universe, wouldn't you call it like abstract or Strangers in Paradise five years or, you know, like right. some, like it's just a book called five years. It, it it really does seem like he's just selling it to like how many people read this book? Okay. The people that will carry on and read the next one after that, that's how many people read this. So like the people I that think read, what we need to have happen is the next time Reed invites you to a show and hopefully sit invite Terry, <laughs> you need to sit down with him, take him out to dinner what and, and break, break him off something. This is my problem is I will, I like, I will say, what are you doing to people? And we don't know each other that well. Uh, and it just <laughs> it's, like, you have to, like, I have to be able to really uh, land that fucking move to make it work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I went out when, when me and Scotty went out to dinner, I was like, Why'd you put cursing in Middle West? What a strange move. And he was like, nobody has said a word to me about this curse. No one would dare speak to me about the cursing in Middle West. Uh, and I was like, yeah, that's the first thing I thought. It's like, this is a strange move for this dude. Just put the F word in this book. Interesting. Well, like, if it's his, you know, if it's his never-ending story. He said it hasn't made a difference at all. It sells great. It's going to be in libraries, no problem. So what the fuck do I know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, well, yeah. I was going to say, I mean, whereas I can't really fully say for sure that I think Terry Moore is the greatest businessman, I I think Scotty's somewhat impeccable in that regard. So. <laughs> yeah, he knows better than me for sure. <laughs> He's got pretty good instincts. Like, if he would just get somebody to do his logos, like, that would, I mean, at least I had 10, 15 copies a month. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I Um. Dap has been quiet as fuck, uh, so speak oh, on also something. Also, because that Dap hasn't, Dap wants to be able to breathe. Oh, um, all right. Well, we, you don't have to speak on something then. That's true. No, uh, well, only because I mean, I, I it's weird. I, I'm because we 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 try not to, um, drag anything down or 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 
focus on um, the negatives, but I I, I read I read um, a, I don't want to call it an event, but 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 DC has these uh, tales from the dark, dark oh, multiverse. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Um, so these one shots that are basically what ifs of um, of past events, uh, for the most part from the nineties, but also from from the aughts because I because uh, they did do a, a Blackest Night, but I, I've read two. I read the Blackest Night one and the Death of Superman, and and I plan on reading the Judas contract. And as, as I, as I'm reading them, it, it's weird. I, I mentioned earlier that, you know, I am a mark for the alternate universes and, and, and doppelgangers and, you know, whether it's, it's squadron Supreme or crime city. I just, I dig the whole mirror universe aspect of things. And, um, with what if, even though you might get, um, what if someone else was granted the power? What if someone else was bitten by the radioactive spider? And, and, you know, you get flash Thompson, you get, uh, it, but maybe his story isn't so cheerful at the end. Uh, but then you also get other, what ifs like, you know, what if Electra had lived or what if, you know, someone else, um, became the Avengers and it just, just, there are some optimistic or positive outcomes in some of the what if stories, but for whatever reason, and, and I, I, it, it's right there in the goddamn title. I don't know why it didn't dawn on me while I was reading it, especially with the death of Superman one, but these are already dark stories. And, and so you have, you're, you're introduced to this. Um, I did not read the nightfall one mostly because of the writer, but I, I didn't bother with that one. And I don't know if that's the one that kicked it off. Um, cause they're all numbered number one first issue, but at the end of each one, it lets you know that which the next book is. And, and the only thing that really kind of ties them all together is, um, is this one character, uh, Tempest Fujinot, who's, um, the guardian against the dark, multiverse and like any typical what if story uh more more what if than elseworlds because elseworlds were really just standalone stories there was no there was no watcher telling you about other storylines that could have happened if 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 things just went differently this is this is basically a dark watcher and he um he's the narrator of these tales. And like I said, this is already a dark story. It's the death of Superman. And yes, we know because we've read death of Superman and we know what happens a few months after he dies. Uh, so, you know, everything works out for us in, in our world, but in this particular thread, in this multiverse, um, Superman dies. And for whatever reason, um, Lois becomes a very angry and bitter and um, I'm not going to say entitled, but she is resentful. She's, she holds everyone accountable, all the heroes, the justice leaguers, Batman, everybody that Superman called a friend. Um, it's all their fault. 
they're the reason why he's dead. There's the reason why uh, he's no longer with us and why she doesn't have him. And, um, and that consumes her. And I love uh, this premise already. Who wrote this? This particular issue, The Death of Superman, is written by Jeff Loveness. It is wonderfully illustrated by Brad Walker. Uh, inks are by Drew Hennessy and Norm Rapman. So at least the Rapman connection brings you back to that 90s Death of Superman era. Um, I, I, I dug Walker's art. Uh, this is probably my favorite art of the two that I've read. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's low is just really, and, and, and for a lot of it, 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 it brought back a lot of what I enjoyed about the triangle era and, and the death of Superman. Um, but really what, what just kind of, I'm going to say bothered, but it, that that's too strong a word, but I, I guess what kind of bothered me about it is that it, it was already a very, um, it's, it's a dark time in Superman's history. Um, and it's not really celebrating anything. It, it's, it's, it just, it felt like it was just another way to tell a story that already wasn't very happy to begin with. And, and, and it's things kind of end the way, uh, you'd expect them to end because of Lois's actions. And, um, it's also, it, it also, feels very tidy and and because it is just a one shot and 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 how it ends and the way things play out it's um it's very fantasy islandisk in in the sense that you know yeah it all it all wraps up by the end of the issue there's no uh lingering um plot lines that uh someone else may be able to pull on this is all just it's all self-contained and this is this is how it all falls into place and this is this is um this is what happens with this person. And, and, uh, she tries to fill the void that, uh, that the loss of Superman has, has, uh, made. And, and, and so, so it ends, it is the way you would expect it to end. Um, the, the blackest night one I read. Was she trying to fill the void in a super heroical sort of way? Yes. Okay. Yes, I mean I can I it it's it's I mean it's it it, it came out a couple of weeks ago, but it it's but basically um when the uh she does all the other supermen the reign of supermen still happens. You still have you still have Superboy show up, you still have Steel show up, um the cyborg shows up and uh because you know, we know who the cyborg actually is and what his intentions were. That's all sped through really quickly in, in a handful of panels here. Um, and the Eradicator does show up. And the Eradicator basically puts... Uh, he, he He's late to the party. He, he, he doesn't save Superman in time. And because he still has... Because Krypton still has to live. And uh, the Superman should still be he basically gives lois the power of superman so she then now decides to use that power for everything that superman should have used that power for and end wars and you know cure the sick and feed the hungry and and just do everything that superman never did whether he 
he decided not to, or um, just because for, for she's not thinking for him. She's not trying to figure out, you know, why he didn't do things, but she's like, I, you didn't do this. So maybe I should. And uh, so she, she, she's all twisted and warped. She doesn't, she doesn't get it. And, um, but she tries and unfortunately um, things don't work out well. And, and then lo and behold, because it, it, he does return as he did. Uh, Superman comes back before the end of the issue, and um, and and it's one of those kind of uh, um, O. Henry Twilight Zone type scenarios where you would think, "Hey, if we can go and live happily ever after," but no, oh, I done fuck something up, so I guess not. So, um, yeah, like I said it looks great, um, but. I guess for whatever reason, I, I'm thinking, even though it's right there in the title and I'm completely just glossed over it, it, it's, there's nothing about this that should tell me that things are going to end any differently or, or, or on a happy note. Um, Blackest Night is similar in the sense that um, it, it's written by Tim Seeley. Art is by Kyle Hotz, which is why I wanted to check it out. And it looks great. And the star of the issue is pretty much Lobo. So I'm all in really cool. Um, but it's, uh, but because I never finished, I still haven't, I shouldn't say I never, but I, I still haven't finished the actual blackest night event itself. Um, you know, I, I can guess what happens at the end of this. So the way, the way blackest night ends in in the real world that that that's covered at the beginning of the issue but then what if something happened and and sinestro did not share that power and kept it for himself well then of course the the black guardians would uh, the, the black lanterns would um they would win and and so now it's 19 days later after the events from that event um and lobo is rescuing dove and um, she's the one, she's literally, according to Sinestro, literally the last living person on Earth. Uh, the only being who is not a Black Lantern, uh, who hasn't died and been resurrected. So Lobo is, Lobo's been sent to rescue her, to deliver her. Um, and while she is, um, Sinestro shows up and, and Sinestro is right in between a white lantern and a black lantern. He's 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 half alive and half dead and he's like two faced where half his body is like all decrepit and 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 rigor mortis is set in it and the other side is all healthy and looks good and whatnot. So he and Lobo get into arguments and they they bring Dove to where Lobo's been hired to, to deliver her to and that's where they're face to face with some new gods and um, Sinestro can't defeat them on his own because they're just, they're a little bit more powerful than, than, than what he's used to. Um, this one was just weird. I, again, it, it, it looks cool because Kyle can draw the shit out of some pages, man. He's, 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 he's fantastic, but um, it was another one where it just kind of felt violent, just, 
to be violent. It, it, it's weird. I don't, I don't, I don't know why. I mean, it's, it's of all the, because what I'm looking forward to now, as weird as it sounds, is, is the Judas contract. I want to see how they can make that darker than it already is. Um, and I don't know. I think there's like, I think there's five of them, but I, I, it, it's, it's where I just, I was looking forward to it because I am such a fan of, of, of the what if type books, but, but this was, um, I'm not going to say it was a miss. It, 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 it's not a whiff in any sense of the word, but it, it's just one of those things where I just, I, I guess I brought my own baggage to it and it didn't quite match my expectations. Um, but I think they look really cool. And, and there's some really Lobo fighting dark side and, and um, doing what he does. I, I, I Seely has a real good handle on Lobo. I, I think I wasn't really feeling the Mr. Miracle appearance, but overall, I think um, if, and, and if it's a blackest night, when it, it looked like it could have ended on somewhat of a happy note, but, but then you get to the last page and no psych, but it's, um, it was, uh, it's weird. I just, again, it's, it's there. It's a neat concept. I just, I I guess I really should have, there's, there's no false advertising here. It's, it's a tales of the dark multiverse and it's, they are not happy books at all. Marvel does a, what if DC, I don't know if you know about this, uh, David, but they do uh, Elseworlds. Elseworlds, right? Yeah. I've heard of them. That's what that's mm-hmm. what we're talking about in this case. <laughs> that's what I was kind of hoping for. That's what I've been yelling that's, at the radio. But but it's but it's one of those things where it's like, but with Elseworlds, they are their own. Like, but but that's what I oh, said right. earlier is that at least with what if you have this, you have somebody telling you this story, whereas Gotham by Gaslight or Red Sun or Red Rain, those are all kind of just standalone. There isn't one voice telling you. Like, Gotham by Gaslight, it's not like Batman ever met Jack the Ripper in, in his own book. So it's right. not like, whereas, what if Elektra had lived? Yeah, okay, if Bullseye didn't kill her, then we know that the next issue of Daredevil, they go and live happily ever after. There was no... So so Elseworlds are cool, and, and I dig them, but no, you're right. These are way more in the in the realm of a of a what if because they're about a specific thing happening in a story that we already know instead of just like what if it was you know the USSR instead of exactly. Campus. You get me. Yeah, yeah I do. Nice. Remember, they didn't connect with you, my dude. It's all good. Plenty more shit does. Fact. You're still gonna read the Judas contract. I am because it's the Judas contract. Yeah. <laughs> And you know where you can get that? DCB service? That's Ooh. right. <laughs> Discount Comic Book Service has all the stuff that you want at the prices you want to pay. Remember this. From Antarctic, we have Planet Comics number one will cost you $1.99. Protector number one from Image, $1.99. And the Trifecta from Action Lab's Danger Zone, Twin Worlds number one will cost you $1.99. In your travels, I have two. One's real quick. Runs real quick. If you want to buy art from the greatest all-time visual stylist that has ever set foot on the planet, 
Desert Island has recently published a sketchbook of Gary Panter called Wildest Dream. I got it Wednesday, and I must have gone through it at least eight times since then. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Some comics in there, most of all, most of which it's just sketchbook drawings. You get some Jimbo, some monsters, some Gary just being Gary, and um, there are sketch pages from his work on Omega the Unknown that he did with Farrell Dalrymple. Ooh. Yes, he, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have to tell you, Gary's my all-time favorite, never will be another, mm-hmm. never was before, and this is a little tiny book, hardcover, um, I think it'll set you back like 20 bucks, but it's maybe 180 pages of just line work that nobody else could do, and it's called Wildest Dream. So the main thing I wanted to talk about, I've been keeping my eye on this these rock and roll comics. It's not the rock and roll comics from that David and I know. (laughs) (laughs) Clarify. Yeah, no, this is, this is not that this is the company. It's exactly. It's called rock and roll biographies. And I've been buying them. They did a, 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 a tool one, which was not all that great. They did a Mr. Bungle, which was okay. But they really hit the bullseye with this one. It is Rock and Roll Biographies, Guar. And when the issue opens, Guar is fighting this character called Gonzager Threx the Concubus. And they're throwing down. And all the principal players are there um, post-death of Brocky. Uh, Sleazy P. Martini's there. Beefcake the Mighty. Balzac, the Jaws of Death, and they're they're fighting this guy, and he's like, I have to see if you're worthy. So he goes and scans them for their history. And so the issue splits into a real-world history of Guar with the various lineup changes and the female entities that enter, enter the group and Dave Brocky's death, and then it enters into the mythology of Gore with the pot of death coming down and, you know, scum dogs of the universe. But the sad thing about this issue, it was written by Michael Oshanker. It was drawn by a man named Lou Longo. And this was his very first full length comic to ever be published. And unfortunately he didn't live to see it. Oh. He died before this issue could be published. That's so metal. That's mm. nuts, right? And the artwork, I'll, it looks a lot like Eric Talbot. So you know, um, if you know Eric Talbot, the artwork's pretty ass-kicking. I mean, it is in the zone for Guar. And it's just, it's everything you expect a Guar comic would be. Really over-the-top battles, um... Jerry the Gray Aliens in here, um, Odorous Arungus. It it it's I I had a a lot of fun with it. It's it's in your face, f- full volume comics, but there is a tinge of sadness to it. So um, if you're a fan of the band or if you're just a fan of great art, check it out. Guar by um, 
rock and roll biographies. It was $3.50, black and white, worth every friggin' penny. Um, just go do it. I loved it. That's great. Love it. Uh, well, I have two things, but I just will mention one of them that you should go out and get, and, and maybe I'll talk about it next week um, if Vince and I have time. Uh, the Question, The Deaths of Vic Sage, written by Jeff Lemire, beautifully illustrated by Dennis Cohen and Bill Sikiewicz. Um That came out this week. It is by Black Label, uh, published by Black Label, and comes out every other month. So um, read it, dwell on it. Wait until the next issue comes out. But what I really want to talk about is something that I really, really enjoyed. I read it last night and could not stop smiling. Uh, And that is Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, number five. Written by Matt Fraction. Art by Steve Lieber. And it is, um, well, it's more the same. You get some uh, some pretty cool, um, well, you get... You get a date with Bruce Wayne, and uh, that is an enjoyable two pages. And then you also get uh, Batman being a real asshole to Jimmy on a rain-soaked Gotham rooftop. Um, you have uh, you have Timmy Olsen talking to um, talking to someone who got. Um, uh, he was he basically he, he got screwed over by someone and and uh he got screwed over by calendar man and and there's the um there's there's, there's just an awesome panel where uh after this guy spills his guts and, and you really feel for him because he got he got screwed over and basically calendar man um uh he 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 beat the guy he murdered his family. He burned his house down. And since the guy works from home, that was, you know, really quite the twofer. Because, um, you know, he destroyed his business. He left them nothing. And um, and then Jim, Timmy turns to the camera and says, uh, dang, you know, you, you got calendar mangled. And I just, I, I lost it with that panel. But there's there's just, it, it's, again, it's just more of those things where, I don't know if it's, if it's Fraction, just telling Steve what to do or if Steve's like, you know, reading fraction scripts and he's like, you know what? I think this would be a really neat little wink to the reader. I, I, it, it, they're a great team together, but this was a, there's, there's a, there's a scene where, where you see, um, you don't actually see him. Well, you see him from the shoulders up, but basically it's Bruce Wayne on the crapper and he's overhearing a couple of people at Wayne enterprises in the men's room. Um, apparently Alfred has been paying, Wayne's employees 20 bucks a laugh to laugh at Bruce Wayne's jokes. <laughs> and um and because Bruce is in the crapper while he's listening to the two guys talk about this, uh when he goes up to the Batcave and and they show that there's a wide panel where where Lieber draws the Batmobile driving through the rain-soaked streets of Gotham and like he splashes and splashes water on someone in a wheelchair. So he shows up at at the Batcave and and Alfred is there. Um and he asks Alfred, you know, how much have you paid 
people to laugh at my jokes all these years and and alfred gives him the total and he says uh, well that, how did you ever figure this out master bruce however did you know and he goes because i'm an amazing detective alfred amazing <laughs> you could ask anyone and then so he says he says but your pay will be docked of course dollar for dollar and alfred walks away he's like of course sir and then he says but um but you know um leave the food you brought down because you know I'm, I'm hungry but uh it, it's just there are also things that happened earlier in the series that kind of um, come back and get paid off in uh, in this issue. Um, and there's a neat little moment with with Lois and and some self awareness. But it it's uh, and and there's a little bit of a twist at the end with um, with the uh, with of course the the um, the Luthers. Or I'm sorry, the uh, yes, the the Luthers and, and the Olsons between them that that long-standing family rivalry. But uh, and Vince will be happy because Dexter comes back in this issue. But yeah, it's it's a um, it's it's still it's it is absolutely it, it's a shame. It's I it, it, we're in November now. It will finish, of course, next year. I don't know. That means if it'll make it. On my Oscars for for 2020, but it's it's been it's been a bunch of fun. I, I've as soon as I see it's out, I I, I got to read it that day. It, it's it's a blast. So in your travels, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. Dope. Um, in your travels, uh, we're now so far. Dude's batting a thousand with his new imprint, and that is Joe Hill at Hill House. Uh, this is Dollhouse Family Number One, um, written by Mike Carey, with art by Peter Gross. Long-running artistic collaborative team, and they did Lucifer together and the Unwritten together. Um, so I, I knew with those guys being uh, in charge of this book, it was going to be dope, um, and I was not disappointed. It's a six-issue miniseries. Um, for those that are, aren't familiar, Hill House is Joe Hill's horror imprint at DC. So all the books are horror books. I should also mention, by the way, that um, in terms of the art, it's uh, it's uh, it's not just Peter Gross because he actually does the layouts, and then uh, a gentleman by the name of Vincent Locke does the. Oh, oh, oh yes. he just throws that in there. Yes, um, but it's a it's it's basically a story about a six year old girl who is uh, living in a uh, an abusive household. Uh, a mysterious great aunt passes away and mails her a extremely ornate, large dollhouse, Victorian, giant Victorian house with tons of little miniatures that is a gift to her. And the little girl starts playing with them and gets more and more engrossed in them. And it turns out she can actually go into the dollhouse and and play with the. She can shrink down and go in and 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 play with them and live with them and they don't want her to leave and, um, but then they tell her that uh, that uh, they they have there's one she has one chance to be granted her 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 wish, um, and she has to decide if she wants them to help her with it or not. And uh, it being a horror book, you can guess that she says she does and. And hijinks ensue, um, but uh, I think that uh, Gross and 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 Carrie and and with a lock throw in, clearly 
have worked together for so long. They, they have fantastic chemistry in terms of, I don't think there's many words on the page that aren't, that don't need to be there. Uh, I think Carrie completely trusts that the visuals will tell the story, which is fantastic. Um, and, uh, it was a, a creepy setting. The, I think like any good booking, you hate the people you're supposed to hate. You're rooting for the people you're supposed to root for. And, uh, I thought the first issue was definitely, um, a, a perfect way to start off the, the miniseries. It's, it ends the first issue ends on a massive cliffhanger jaw on the floor moment. And, uh, I can't wait to pick up the second issue. So, um, Big, big, big early props for Hill House. I know we're only one or two issues in all of the respective series so far, but every one of them has been top-notch. Nice. Yeah, I'm very excited for those. Uh, all right, in my travels, in your travels, in my travels, uh, definitely read Witch Hat Atelier. Uh, definitely read Time Chopper Action Lab Comics. It's in previews right now. It's under $10 from DCBS. Um. And I'm going to call my shot on a reel in your travels. Mm. Um, we were talking about people that you'll give them a look no matter what and see see what they're doing. This is a person who's only written maybe eight pages of comics, but it Ooh. was a real standout for me. And if, I, if I've if i called this correctly, it will be a, a, a real victory for me, I think. Uh, this is from War of the Realms, War Scrolls, number three. She-Hulk... The Face of a Warrior, written by a, a new writer named Charlie Jane Anders, who's a novelist. This is the only comics they've done. Uh, drawn by Simone D'Armani. It's the story where uh, She-Hulk and Freya are like trudging through Svartalheim. Uh, and it's just really good comics. Like It was really fun, beautifully drawn. Uh, but I... I took note of the writer because I was like, what else has this person written? And the answer is nothing. And then huh. I, I talked to the editor of this book at New York, and I was like, yo, get this person to write more comics. And they said, we will try. So fingers crossed uh, this person does more comics because she's really good. Uh, I reckon, Like if you read War of the Realms and you were like, who needs to read this nonsense like you often would because who needs to read all this nonsense? Uh, go back, check out this issue three. It's eight pages, just the She-Hulk story. I mean, there's also good Jason Aaron in there if you want, and this issue also has who that? Uh, somebody else. Uh, it's three <laughs> stories in there. Anyway, recommended. The third story in War of the Realms War Scrolls, number three. All right. Sweet. But mostly Time Shopper. Of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely Time Shopper. Yeah, it's good stuff. It really is. All right, everybody. Hey, thank you for being here with us one more time. If you'd like to experience more of this kind of crap, go to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit because we're there. And if you'd like to check out our Patreon, we'd love to have you. Patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. Big, 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 massive hugs to our man Tony for spending time with us. We love him so much. Do check out Time Shopper. Order it. Because it's in the previews now. You have no excuse. Currently. Current previews, yeah. 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 And Thank we, you. Yeah, I've had so much fun. Uh, if you guys want me to be on every week, I'd love that. If you want it to be <laughs> six years in between appearances like this, this is fine too. Uh, whatever you want. No, we got to do it more often. Happy medium. But yeah. <laughs> Three we, we do these previews videos for our patrons. And I think all of us pimped Time Shopper. 
in our not videos. I believe that's factual. That is not factual. Oh, shit. <laughs> Jason Wood. Uh, got oh, I didn't. You oh, got right, so got. mad about David Quinn that you just flipped right past that. You're, right. you're right. In my mind, I did, but you're right. Well, the the, the ones with hearts, actually. That was worth my $5 Patreon right there. Pimped <laughs> your book. Okay. Oh, shit. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, well, yeah, give it right, love now. So. Get, out of, get out a piece of paper, write it down, Time Shopper, because it's good stuff. We read it. Haha, you didn't yet. But you can if you, if you pre order it. And that's the whole deal. Got to pre order these things. Thank you to Tony. In the meantime, you know the drill. Say goodnight. I'll give you a little bit of musical accompaniment this time. Wow. Is that really music? Of course it is. It's sound in... What? How could it not be music? Mm. Oh, no. David. Wow. (laughs) Night. Is that really music, though? Really? <laughs> <laughs> right? That's music. Baby shark. It's shark. notes in organized form. It is. Ah, you guys are beautiful. David. Wonderful. Yay. We had a great time. Tony, you can come back anytime you damn well want to. Thank you. That's facts. See you guys next week. <laughs> All right. I won't be here. So. Wow. Mr. Terse. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Jason won't be here next week, so there is an opening. It's very factual. That's all I'm saying. Same, same three books. <laughs> oh, he's like, let me tell you about Witch Hat Atelier. <laughs> War of the Wumps, Rolls, War Scrolls number three. <laughs> and Terry Moore. Uh, Jason, tell me about Peloton. Uh, I was supposed to ask you. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> what do you want to know? So we're talking about getting one, but then Shan's like, is it worth it to get that thing, or can you get the $1,000 cheaper one? Is that, like, what? How? what's Peloton? Tell me, sell it I to mean, me. I mean, I think anyone that, that, I think anyone that gets a regular bike and uses the app, is it's nonsense, because it, it, the, the whole reason the bike is having such success is and has such low attrition is that the 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 data that's built into using their bike right which is that all of the all of the data from your mileage to your speed to your calories burned to your cadence to your heart rate everything is is in the system so you can track your own progress they can track your progress and you can you know you can you can benchmark yourself against your own personal achievements but also against others in your cohort so uh it's it just I, I theoretically you could get a cheaper bike and then no, no, I mean, the we're on we're like 90 percent peloton but she saw the other one and she was like well what about that uh so i said I yeah i mean the other thing too is because i mean they've just come public right so they have a shit ton of money now they just raised over a billion dollars so they they are they've got just an incredible catalog of classes and although most people assume think of peloton as as the fancy bike company which is certainly in the namesake they also have an insane number of of other classes that you can take on demand, like core strength, yoga, you know, cardio, uh, weight training, like, and that's all included, right? In the same. That's all part of the deal. Yeah. And do so, you have to wear shoes that click into the bike, or can you yes. wear normal shoes? You got to yes, wear click-in shoes. Yes. All right. Yes. Tony, you do know that the bike will rob you of your soul, right? <laughs> I mean, listen, it really I just. Won't. I, I it, just no, it, it will add 
20 years to your life. Yes, but it will take the person that you were, that fun-loving, we'd love to be around you guy, and it will make you afraid of, of carbohydrates. Listen, I, See, I think this is guys, it's, it's fun narrative, but the last time we spent time together was near Comic Con, and we went we went in. We we did not. I did not hold back. Yeah. Okay. I did not hold back. I drank and ate like a pig with you guys. Yeah, I only see you guys when I'm when I'm on fun times. So if I can get, I mean, then... Tony was with us. We he was there at the party. I mean, we were. Not, I mean, it wasn't like I was sipping on. I didn't buy a drink at that Ice party. Water. Paid for that shit. We got you. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> when you bring that up, my wife hit me up yesterday and she's like, oh, what's shit. this charge? And I was like, I, a lot, no, because I was like, I don't know. I'm like, she's like, well, it was New York Comic Con weekend, but it was it was like some strange name, you know, on the bill. And it was an odd number, like monetarily, it was an odd number, it, meaning like literally an odd number. It was like, yeah. and like ended in seven or something, I think. And uh, she's like, is, is it art? Because why would art be like that kind of odd number? And I'm like, no, nah, I don't think it's art. So then I did some Googling. I'm like, I don't know. And then I said, well, check the bill. Is there any other, like, reasonably large random charge for that weekend? And she says, no. And I'm like, okay, it's the bar bill from our party then. (laughs) So, yeah. Well, thank you. Oh, no problem. Literally, it was days. It it may have been weeks when I was just like, who paid for that? (laughs) It definitely definitely wasn't that night. As I I ran back for my bag. Yeah, that I remembered. Full of your con cache. Yeah. Well, luckily, that wasn't a very successful convention either. So. <laughs> You're on a roll. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I did, I did better this year than I did last year, doing less shows and having a few real fucking shit shows, but I had a couple real good ones, too. What um, What are the moneymakers for you? Well, this year was the last ever BronyCon, and that was a fucking... Why is it the last ever? Uh, well, the show's ending, and it was sort of like... It had been at like 13,000 people and then it was down around like seven and they're like well this isn't a good look let's just shut this down oh okay they're they're all like non-profits and they don't nobody really makes a profit that we know of unless it's a scam so they were just like this isn't worth our time Mm. then there are still smaller like like regular comic-con there's the big comic-con and then there's a comic-con in every town so there's still a ton of different pony shows but people came to spend at that last brony con they really fucking went for it going out like with a bang yeah i brought way i didn't bring near enough like i I made exclusives and stuff and just showed up like here it is and it was gone before the fucking doors opened you know but yeah and then new york was shitty and this fucking <laughs> england show was shitty but what are you gonna do? you're definitely coming <laughs> back england. next week <laughs> I just show up and talk more we need some doom books. and goddamn gloom on this show i feel bad about going in on terry Moore like that i love him a lot <laughs> no you're just keeping it real nothing wrong I with that, that, I he's, hope gonna, that he's, gonna, he's gonna drop his patronage now yeah he's gonna be like dang dang i was listening to that old show and this <laughs> he's like that motherfucker didn't shout me out. What the fuck? <laughs> that motherfucker didn't shout me out on this previous video <laughs> mr exactly. limpet oh you shouted him out all right you're like, if he brings David Clemson back... I know, I went in. I was like, motherfucker. Must I, felt you the, in the neck. I felt the rage. All right. Thank you for being with us. Hey, we hope you're at home. On? We are. Yes. Jesus. Yeah, we, we do it up. We uh, we said the goodnight, David. We said uh, we're just... All we got to do is just shut the door. So all you guys just lead them out. Say goodnight. Goodnight, everybody. See y'all.